Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, welcome to the uh, live edition of the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian, A.D. Drew, and as you can see, joining us way earlier than he he usually does. It's Coach Rossi Norman. Coach, well, first off, Drew. He's not the only one who's early. Exactly. We are early. Uh, You normally don't get us this early uh, in in, in a Sunday, but uh, we are coming off of a celebration. I don't even call it a hangover. Uh, just a, uh, whatever you want to call it, that's what we're on. And so we're probably still up and, you know, just living the life, uh, living the life as as Rattlers, as alums, uh, enjoying what we saw last yesterday afternoon in the Celebration Bowl. Uh, as you see, <coughs> the final, final uh, winning touchdown there. Um, so yeah, we're on a little bit early. Hopefully, we'll be able to to uh, get out a lot earlier than we normally do. No three hour show tonight. Promise uh, you, uh, brother. Got to get. Promise on, you, brother. Got to get on the road. Promise you. Promise you. All right, um, uh, uh, Brian. Did, did we tell him where we at? We're at the BCSN studios. Yes, we're. Uh, it, it 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 it's not a. It, it's it's not very s- simple right now. Uh, soon to be uh, expanded, and there'll be other stuff. You'll see. Uh, graphics and background stuff in the back. But right now, it's a start. It's a great start. So uh, shout out to uh, CEO, producer right now, <coughs> Roy Evans, uh, finding some partners to uh, partner with. Uh, I don't know if we're going to uh, – can I disclose where we at are at the moment? Okay. I, I know I'm going to mess up the mall. Uh, we're at uh, – the name of the store or the name of the venue is called Privy. Uh, at the Stone Crest Crest Mall, which is right on the edge of the Cab Suburb- County, suburban Atlanta. Yeah, right on the edge of the Cab County. Uh, so, privy. 
part of a $17.6 million development that's happening over here. So we are uh, yeah, black, black excellence. HBCU alum, if I remember correct. One of the partners is HBCU alone. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you're, you're, this is a, a start, something big that we're excited about being a part of going into 2024. So not only just Jericho broadcasting, but also the Black College Sports Network, we're actually going to have uh, shows and a home studio and just other things that we're going to be able to do here in Atlanta, Georgia, where we are. Base. Coach, how you doing this uh, this afternoon, my man? I'm doing well, doing well. You know, blessed. Uh, got up this morning, cleaned my house. Cause I tell you, I always clean every Sunday, real good. Then I spotted on Tuesday, Thursdays. Went and did my laundry. Came back, put my laundry up. Then got a phone call saying, "Hey, we on early." And I was like, "Oh, we on early?" So I had to call my sister. My sister's in town from Houston, and we was gonna go eat at my little brother's restaurant. So I said, "Hey, I'll call you when the show's over." And she's like, "Okay." So hey, I'm excited to be here. Always good to see you, brothers. Congratulations on last night. That was a big win for you guys. I see you got your uh, orange and green on and everything like that. Um, good game. Good game. I had no complaints about it. Everything like that. I was excited to watch it. And uh, I also saw the game on Wednesday. Um, tell me, Beach Bowl. Beach Bowl. I saw Beach Bowl. Yeah. Johnson Fort Valley. Who? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get in there. We'll talk about that. <laughs> we'll talk about that coming up here in, in a moment. Are you coughing? Is that just a natural cough or you got something to say here, Drew? Uh, but, so bowl, sinuses, bro. Sinuses. Okay, sinuses. Right, right. So bowl, bowl week is a good bowl week for HBCU. So, I mean, hey, you know. Hey, real, real quick, real quick. Let me ask you this. So, in the future, when you guys start doing your show, are you guys going to be doing it in the studio? So, you guys got to get back and forth to Atlanta? No, no. Oh, okay. This is for this. This would be our home base of operations. There will be shows that will be ran out of the area. We'll still primarily run it uh, from uh, from virtu- virtually. But when we are in Atlanta, we have events in Atlanta or people in Atlanta. We will be here. Our goal ultimately is uh, once a once a month to do a show from Atlanta, live show from Atlanta. Uh, we'll start off once a quarter and kind of get into it as we kind of feel feel our way through this process. But yes, we will be doing certain shows from here. Uh, obviously, if there are events in Atlanta like the Celebration Bowl, the BX Swag Challenges Fall, uh, other events uh, in Atlanta, we're just all the all the different uh, entities of the Black College Sports Network come here and have a base to do a show in addition to whatever we do on site. Hey, you guys are taking big steps, man. Just proud to be a part of it. In case people don't know, I'm not in Atlanta. I'm at home. I know our background looks the same, but I'm at home. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Um, All right. So uh, give a shout out to a few people I've seen already jumped in. Shout out Mary305. You know, appreciate you you coming in early. There's a few other people I'm seeing that are joining. Obviously, a lot of people may still be traveling from Atlanta or – Maybe they're in the airport, wherever they are in Atlanta airport. And uh, but always make sure if you're if you're dialed in with uh, at my BCSN one, the number one on Facebook, X, uh, YouTube uh, through the Jericho Broadcast Networks. Make sure you're following the BCSN Sports Wrap, our YouTube page, our Facebook page, and that way, whenever we do go live. 
if we give you a good notification in enough time, you'll know it. But also make sure you check that bell. So that way you'll always get the notification and you'll jump in and you'll see that, oh, hey, guys are going live. So we appreciate you. I see uh, Demetra jumped in. Uh, hello Demetra? to you too. And I know Instagram is now, you know, there's opportunities for us to stream our show on Instagram. So I don't know when we're going to try that. We may try that uh, later this week. Who knows? We may try that. In the middle of the week, I know we got a couple shows coming on later on during the week, and we'll we'll kind of go through that. Speaking of speaking of shows, Brian, you know we've had done a uh, conglomerate of shows this week live from Atlanta, beginning uh, I believe Wednesday uh, inside the HBCU Sports Lab, mm-hmm. uh, Wednesday and Thursday from Atlanta, then uh, the ONG Strike Zone along with uh, inside the HBCU Sports Lab live from Radio Row. Uh, Saturday morning, uh, we, we joined the Carlos Brown show live from uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And then we just did an impromptu show last night, ONG Strike Zone, an impromptu celebration bowl recap show uh, from the Omni Hotel. So uh, we, we've been all over the place. And this is kind of capping it off with the BCSN Sports Wrap coming to you guys uh, early. So we're putting in the work for, for all you people out there covering HBCU sports. Sometimes we've been in places where there's been no other entity who covers black sports has been this week to bring you uh, action behind the scenes. Yeah, and uh, thank you to everybody who has tuned in, who has watched us live, whether you watched us in post-podcast, watch the replay. Those of you who retweeted and shared the show wherever you're at, we appreciate you. Greatly appreciated you supporting us, all of our various shows and entities in in all of its forms. So it's very much appreciated. Uh, You are the backbone for what we're doing. And please, you know, continue to support in whatever way you're able to, whether it be even if it's a, a cup of coffee, it's always appreciated. A share, retweet, uh, watching the show, whether it be on the website, mybcsn.net slash watch. It can be on Instagram, wherever you are watching. Just thank you. So I, I think that's, you know, I wanted to add in that. All right, let's get into talking about this game because I, I know we talked a lot about the game last night. So uh, I think we'll, we'll kind of, with coach here, we'll kind of go come and talk about the various parts of this game from a from a coach's perspective and things. Because coach, you had a chance to watch it. Uh, it's kind of different, I'll say. You had a chance to watch it from the television perspective. Drew and I are watching. We we're both working that game, so I think literally our watching from our perspective <laughs> was different because you don't get a chance to see. Uh, options. For example, when things go foul, you're not really watching a play develop. And so we we probably missed some things in the post-game commentary, I'm sure. Um, but like I said, having you on, we can start. Let's start with the first quarter. I want to kind of break this down quarter by quarter, Coach. I don't, I don't want us to jump too far into the whole game because this game took so many ups and downs, ebbs and flows. Howard jumping out to a 14 to nothing lead in the first quarter. And really, on the opening kickoff, I mean, the opening run. I mean, look, we started our season with a with a touchdown <laughs> to open the season. And I, and I had that fear. I don't know about you, Drew, but I'm watching this thing, and I'm like, oh, yes. I'm like, what the? And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be a, a, a return. Talk about, Coach, your opening 
views of the opening kickoff, the opening drive by Howard, and, and just the way they came out ready. Were, were they the team that was more ready at the beginning of this game or just maybe the nerves in a big game like this? Brian, AD, I tell you, I was watching the game and um, I saw a pill of two halves. I saw two teams on the field warming up. I know they spoke with uh, Howard's coach and then they spoke with um, your coach. And then, like you say, with the kickoff, oh boy, he got a good kick return. And I'm like, at first I thought he was going to take it to the house, but he got caught. And I was like, oh, okay. And then they had a good drive going and they scored. And then they jumped out on you 14-0. And I'm thinking that 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 28-day hiatus worked. They're healthy. They're strong. They're excited. They're ready to play. And I'm thinking, wow, okay, this, this could get – and I'm thinking, I'm just going to tell you too, hope you guys don't get your feelings hurt. But I said, if they hit you guys one more time early, I, I think that you guys would probably shut down and be like, wow, because I don't think you guys have ever been down by 21 points. I've seen like three games of FAMU. And I'm thinking, if they get down 21 points early, this is going to be yeah, never, never I think, I think you've been 14. down 14. 14 is the most. 14 uh, is the most. Yeah, Texas so Southern so and uh, USF. I'm thinking to myself, if they hit you, because they, they were hot. I mean, they, they, they boom, boom, they were hot. Um, the quarterback, in the beginning, that quarterback looked good. Little, little James, Edron's son, he looked good. The O-line looked good. They got two NFL prospects on that line. They got a big line. I don't know. I think I told um, AD during the week, I said, I went back and did my homework. Their line is just as big as South Carolina State. I think South Carolina State got the biggest line in the ACC football. Them boys that Howard got, they some biggins. I mean, they, they, they sit right up there with South Carolina State. And hey, Coach, let me – let me cut in there. I actually in the uh, corridor underneath the uh, stadium happened to walk past a couple of them linemen, and bro, you're right. Them jokers are huge mongers. Yes, yes, I, yes, I, yes. I know the one I I know the one I walked past had to be at least six eight three and <laughs> three and some change, bro. And you you know I, I as a basketball coach I know six eight when I see six eight. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I got you. Yeah, they, they they got a big line. So they start off real good running the ball. The quarterback was poised. And um like I say we there was 14-0 real quickly and like I say I'm, I'm thinking if they hit these brothers one more time 21-0 fam fam let me down fam let me add go ahead Brian no, I was going to say, you, you meant being 14-0, it's not just 14-0. They were up 14 to nothing in the first five minutes of the game. And that's what I'm you saying. Know. I'm saying if they hit you guys one more time, because they came out hot. I mean, they came out like, like ah, hot. I'm like, wow, okay. That, that, I'm, that's why I said, I said that 28 days did them good, because, you know, we said 30 wasn't quite 30. It was 28 days. I said, them 28 days did them brothers well. You could tell they, they sharp. Remember, we talked about this last week, A.D., we talked about offense, defense, special teams. Make sure they work special team. And you can tell they work special team because that first kick return, I mean, the blocking was right. Oh, boy, if he had with a little more extra gear, he probably would have gone. But fam's got plenty of speed, so they caught him. They jumped out on 14-0, and I'm thinking, wow. And then finally, you guys, um, the first hat, first two quarters, you guys weren't really playing very well. You, I mean, number 23, you weren't opening a hole for him. You guys got a good line. You weren't opening holes for him. Uh, Musa made some mistakes early. And I remember someone in the week telling me, they says, this kid Musa, he'll get, if they if, if he starts losing, he'll get frustrated and he'll start, you know, throwing interception. I'm thinking, I, I ain't seen a brother get frustrated year long. He played pretty well. In South Carolina. Right. I don't know who said year. that. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, wow. But then I saw him get frustrated and I saw him throw a pick. And the one thing I saw that, that stuck out to me that I, I, I would say was good job coach was as Musa's walking back to the sideline, Coach Simmons walked out there. He didn't yell and scream at him. He didn't grab him by the face, man. You can see he was talking to him and probably just saying, hey, man, what's going on? It's, it's early. Calm down. We need you. 
And then Musa came back out there. They tried to run the ball with number 23, no success. Um, got blitzed, got sacked. But Musa came to the sideline. You could tell he was walking down the sideline. He was upset, as the quarterback would be. So he was getting on his boys. So Howard had the advantage early. Coach Simmons walked over there. He talked to Musa. He talked to the line. I watched him talk to Musa, talked to the line. They came out there. Then they start to settle down a little bit. Um, I'm trying to figure. It's still fourteen. Let me, let me jump in for a second because I wanna I wanna mention you know you, you these FAMU drives right and I'm looking here going back through the drive chart here. FAMU's first drive, you end up with a fumble on third down. That's right. right? That's right. That gives Howard the ball back on the FAMU 37 yard line, right? Then you have the second drive, down 14-0. And this was, I thought, one of the early – now, again, we talked about this last night. I don't think officiating – there was bad – there were moments where officiating, where I think a lot of people saw the officiating and questioned it, uh, and probably more so from the FAMU side questioned it. But that drive that stalled at the five-yard line, right – uh, Howard had just gone up 14-0. FAMU got it on their own 44, drove six plays, got all the way down to the Howard five. And what should have been a Musa first down, they spotted it short. Yes. I don't know. Yes. And it never went to a review, which that amazed me first off, being where we were, Drew. Um, but it was a turnover on downs, correct? Yes, so, sir. You know, then fortunately, the FAMU defense showed up, shut Howard down on that drive. FAMU gets their first score uh, to uh, to to cut the deficit in half. And then on the next offensive drive was the safety, uh, which, you know, FAMU started on their 16, went backwards. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll tell you what, honestly, it's very good that, that Musa didn't lose that ball because – the way he held that ball, he if his hand wasn't big enough and strong enough, that ball could have easily have come out of his hand, True. and that would have True. resulted in probably a, a touchdown, could it have not? So I, I'm looking at, you know, FAMU being down 16-7, to 7, Coach, and I'm thinking we're very fortunate to be only down 16-7. to 7. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And so once again, um, with that, with that safety right there, um, Howard has a good D-line. I know they were that good because, like I said, I've only seen them once early in the year. So the D-line gave your offensive line some fits early. Well, throughout the game, I'm going to say, but on that particular play, I think Musa had – I didn't know he was that close to the end zone because I'm thinking, what are you doing, kid? Where are you going? And then I looked up. They had him. I'm saying, oh, that's a safety, everything like that. So you're right, Brian. If he would have been holding that ball a little carefully, that could have been a touchdown. So that was a safety. So now they're up 16. Now I'm going to say this. Howard came out hot. But once they got to that 16 and you guys were down to seven – they kind of stalled. I'm not gonna say that you guys did anything to stall them, but it's almost like they just they just I just I just I didn't see the hotness anymore. It's almost like when you're turning your your, your oven off, you know, and you go from eight to six to and then you turn they just started going backwards. I'm thinking, huh, the quarterback started making mistakes. Your defense stepped up. Your your defense played well. Um sacking him. Um they stopped, like I said, he stopped Lil James because Lil James is supposed to be one of the better backs for the year. He is that. a good running game. And Eden James is that dude. Eden, Eden James, James is the one. Eden James, outside of the defensive performance by Howard, Eden James was their offensive star. Now, you know, I, I thought – I don't think he scored a touchdown. He didn't. But he, didn't. he was the guy who had the longest runs, and he was the one guy that I actually was a bit worried about for FAMU to kind of say, if there's anybody that's going to be a big game playmaker for Howard, 
it's Eden James. And he had some runs that I kind of had to hold my breath on and was like, please, somebody grab this dude because yeah. no lie. I mean, he had he broke off some good runs there in that, uh, especially going into the second half. But he had a couple, uh, he had, not to cut you off, he had a couple good runs. I mean, he, he just didn't get busy. You know, I, I was expecting because they got that big line. I thought they were going to try to come push you guys around. But I thought they found out early that your defense wasn't backing up. I mean, your defense came to play. I give you guys that much credit. Defense came to play. Honestly, defense kept you guys in it because, like I say, there was a time in the game, besides that safety, your O-line wasn't playing very well. Um, number 77, number 71, it was like three plays in a row. Twice they jumped off sides, and then one guy held the guy, I mean, failed the guy. And I was like, and then coach, and then the O-line coach, he got mad. He took his head off. He started screaming. And you see Coach Simmons go over there and say something. He'll probably like, hey, buddy, calm down. We don't need all that. But uh, 77 and 71, I remember those guys. Come to you and they, they, you didn't really get their name called too much throughout the years, but they stuck out in the game. So that stuck out right there. But uh, their D-line came to play. Um, let me see. Fast yeah, forward a little bit. We're at, we're at we're still at 16-7. But once again, once they got to 16, they stalled out a little bit. That quarterback wasn't making good throws because one time, Right before the half, I don't know if you guys saw it, they had a receiver wide open. I'm talking about open, like Kmart, 24-7. Huh? Open. He didn't well, see, see, that's the part that, you know, from, from our perspective where we were, I, we don't get a chance to see that because we're tracking the ball and the play. So, I, you know, I, I probably would have to go back and, and watch the, uh, the broadcast, which hopefully I'll get a chance to do hey, uh, man, later today. He, Brian, he was AD. He was open. I mean, he was he was waving. I don't know if you can he was waving at the quarterback, and I don't know what the quarterback was doing, but I do remember this. The coach came out there and got on his butt because he pointed like you didn't see him down there. You didn't see him down there. And the and the quarterback, you know, he's a little taller than the coach. And he, he kind of shook his head, like, no, I didn't. And the coach was ripping him a good one. I'm thinking, hey, good job, coach, because he was open, brother. And I'm thinking, oh my God. Me, myself, I teach my boy those opportunities to end a game. That's another touchdown because he's open and he didn't hit him. And then the quarterback started going backwards, and then your D-line stepped up, was able to put pressure him, flutter him, got to him. They uh, they stopped Lil' James. Like you said, Lil' James had some good runs, but for the most part, he wasn't able just to dominate the way people thought he was going to do. Um, your defense stopped him. Um, halftime came around, started banning a little bit. Let, um, me, let, me, let, me, let me pause right there because since you're, you're hitting the halftime mark, let's, let's kind of let's reset here for a moment. Um. 16 to 10 at half. I thought there was no bigger play than FAMU coming out of that half with a field goal. And knowing yeah, that FAMU yeah. gets the ball to start the third quarter, and, and despite not really scoring uh, in that quarter, or any, just the fact that you ended the half on a positive going into the locker room. And I know, you know, we talked to the coaches after the game. They talked about just guys kind of staying together, uh, no finger pointing, uh, guys having to really just uh, – the coaches did a great job, I think, on the FAMU side of getting getting into the guys mentally. Because I, I, in all the reports that I've heard, there was a lot of nervousness. I mean, whether it be um, this uh, – no bigger game that FAMU has played in, and the expectation is high. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you are the favorite. Now, even though it was a four-point and it got up to six, maybe seven – that was low. I mean, but the expectation of what FAMU had on its shoulders was extreme. So, yeah, we 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 probably played a little tight early on, and Howard was real loose, uh, and and so that contributed again. To I'm very very happy that we were only down six 
at the half. What what do you got, Drew? I know you had you want to get a question in there for uh, Coach. Yeah, Coach. Talk to me. I want to ask. I want to ask you about these special teams. And I'm a, I'm gonna be honest with you, Coach. What I saw, especially in the first half, to open the game on the kickoff coverage was terrible for both teams. Uh, I don't know if you were able to pick up on that when you were at home, and I'll just go back over some of the uh, some of them. Let's see, opening kickoff. Uh, return return to the FAMU 27. Kickoff 55 yards, 63-yard return on the opening kickoff. Mm-hmm. All right. Next kickoff, FAMU gets the next kickoff. 40-yard return on the next kickoff. Surely th- to, I thought to we were going to break both of, the, both of those kickoffs, yeah, we thought we thought the, the, uh, the returner was going to take it to the house. Matter yeah. of fact, and, and, and I can tell you this for a fact, I think the kickers oh. on the kickoffs yes, probably led all special teams in tackles. I know both kickers on both teams made at least one tackle, if not two, on 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 kickoff coverage, which is not which is never a good thing when your kick when your kicker is making a making a tackle. No, it's not uh, a good thing. But go ahead, wait, wait, go ahead. Oh, let me let me let me finish the next kickoff. 41 yard return. This is uh this is FAMU returning. So Howard's had one one good one. FAMU has had two good kickoff returns. Uh then there was another uh kickoff return that was, that was a punt out of bounds. And that that's just the first quarter, uh Farasi. Three yeah. kickoffs to the first quarter, and yeah. all of them were 40 yards, 40 yards aboard. Then, then the kickers finally got smart and started kicking the ball, you know, touchbacks and, and everything else. But uh, what do you attribute the, uh, the the special teams, the not being able to cover on the kickoffs in special teams to? Not going live in practice. You could tell they worked on them because everyone didn't. Everyone stayed in their lane. Everyone sprinted down. The kicker kicked the ball. The returners was able to see. So you could tell they practiced it, but they weren't able to go live. And I think that's what it was. But when you're not able to go live, it gives that return an opportunity. Because when you're coming down, you're not used to coming down sprint because you ain't hit nobody. And fam, you two weeks and, and the other um, team in 28 days. So you're not used to going live, you used to hit nobody. So I think that gives a, uh, a tribute to the return. Now, later in the game, I remember you guys had two good returns. And I remember Jay Walker says, um, if we keep kicking it to this kid, I don't know who it was, Rayleigh, Bailey, whatever his name was, the star receiver, the returner. He said, we keep kicking him. He's going to take one back. He's that good. And that's when they started um, kicking uh, short or to somebody else. And I'm thinking, okay, the kicker must have hurt him. Because I'm thinking the same thing. I'm thinking, you're not going to get his brother too many chances to go past the 40 and he not taking the distance. But after that, they stopped kicking it to him. So that was smart on them. But I would say, AD, I would definitely attribute to, I mean, you could tell, like I said, we talked about special teams last week, working on special teams. You can tell they worked on them, but you can tell they probably didn't do a lot of hitting, which is smart because you're not trying to get nobody hurt. But then again, it comes down to what you're getting. You know, um, l- luckily, neither team took one back to the house, but that was just too close for comfort. And that 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 that, that right there, tightens your neck collar like, ah. You know, and as a special teams coordinator, whoever he was on both sides, you got to tell the kicker, okay, we got to do something different, brother, because sooner or later we're going to get one hit on us. And and that's yeah. a big blow to it. That's a big blow in the game. So I was glad to see that they um they stopped kicking to, to your one kid because I figured sooner or later he's going to take one. He, that kid is talented and he's got speed. And uh, you guys um, stopped kicking it to the one kid who took it, the first guy back, started kicking it somewhere else. Then they kicked a couple short ones. You know, punt return-wise, it was a couple good punt returns. And once again, that goes tribute to not hit, not tackling. You can tell didn't nobody do no tackling on special teams, which is smart on the coach's back because you're not trying to get nobody hurt. It's too late in the season. But then again, 
Um, you, you at least want to get some wrap ups. You at least want to get some wrap ups. You don't want to go to the ground, but you can get some wrap ups. Sometimes, coaching, we call it mirror, where you just run by a guy. You know, I'm running by you and I'm just looking at you, but I'm not actually wrapping you up or touching you. And I think that what came into effect on, on the special teams there. Um, so I would say, I knew at the halftime, they showed special teams was like, man, it was some good yards, like 176 to 155. I mean, you guys got the stats in front of you, but it was some good yardage special teams wise. And I was like, whoa. Okay, you yeah. could tell. I mean, they added up. It was some good yardage on both on both sides, special teams wise. Yeah, the first kickoff gave uh, Howard a short field uh, when they when they scored the first touchdown, and then of course the turnover gave them the short field for the uh, second touchdown. There are two other big uh, kickoffs, and these occurred in the in the fourth quarter. Uh, one was by uh, Terrell Jennings. He only got he, it was a twenty eight yard return to the FAMU thirty four, but once again he was one player. From 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 taking it to the house, and then Howard had for, then, for, then for Howard, uh, Ian Wheeler returned one to the FAMU forty five, and this was just after uh, FAMU had gone had gone up. Was this after the pick six? Uh, no, this was this was FAMU had gone up. up oh, eight. this was this yeah, this was after the the second PAC touchdown, right second touchdown when they went for two. When they went for two, it didn't got it didn't get to two, I believe. Right. So it was the after two consecutive touchdowns, right? Uh, drives and and the crowd, the crowd was lathered up. I mean, that was the point where I mean, look, I I think folks were ready to celebrate. I think folks had already started pulling out bottles of champagne and they were about ready to start popping bottles. And then all of a sudden, put the plug back in there. Yeah, that return happened. It was like, oh smack. Let me put this, <laughs> yeah, put this yeah, I remember, I remember that. For a second. <laughs> because I mean, we got a game. I mean, it, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the game went drunk, and all of a sudden, we had lead changes. And no one, I didn't see that happening. Yeah, uh, that was probably the surprise of the game. Um, quick shout out to uh, Executive Director John Grant of the uh, Cricket Celebration Bowl, uh, who popped in and gave us a shout out. Um, What's up, John? Thank you. Okay, our producer threw up some future matchups. There we go. I mean, great timing. Um, as you can see, some of the future matchups. Uh, well, one one already happened. Um, can I can't? Let's not take that. Take that graphic. Take that. Thank you. Take the um, graphic. Producer. I, take the graphic. I, it's guy. not the. Look, it's the anyway, graphic. Um, it's gotta love our producer. Uh, look, I want to give a shout out again. I'm finish my. See that we lose we lose producers on this. Look, coach, we are we, we lose producers we about to on run this a, show. We're about to run a producer no, away. Look, we, we produce this show almost every week. And so we get someone else in the mix. And I I, I we I appreciate Roy producing the show. It, he do it differently than us. And we've been doing this for how long, Drew? Uh about a year. Seven, seven years. A lot of a lot of it, a lot of it has been by ourselves. And so Anyway, anyway, okay. We we anyway we do this show by ourselves. Wait, wait, let's get back to what we were talking yeah, about before we. I, yeah, I won't finish. Shout out to John see, the Grant. Producer that left the room, Drew. We have drove the producer and, out the room. And, and and see that that's why I got the control right here on, on, on this. <laughs> I, y'all y'all see this iPad right here? <laughs> I got the control on it too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet. Look, anyway, hey, we we still drunk on fun, y'all. We still drunk on fun. Uh, hey, you right. deserve to. Anyway, Shout out, John Grant. Thank, John you. Grant. Great, Thank you. Great, great job. Another great job. Not only that, man of the year contest was uh, was great. I did make it to that. Uh, also, uh, 
the two teams that the two bands that I predicted were going to win wound up winning, and they put on uh, game changer good performances. They had they had good shows, but I I tell you, jumping off the subject, band of the year, they actually did a fifth quarter after the band of the year contest. Really? Yes, that took me by surprise because you know you. After, all, after all, four all bands? after all four bands had had did their performance, yeah, and so you know how'd that and, go? And then they they you know they did a little close up with uh speech and everything, uh-huh. and I'm starting to pack up myself in, right. in in the media area, and then A and T started it off if I remember correctly, okay, right, and then they they went in the same no it wasn't A and T. It was they went in the same order that they actually performed on the field okay. with a fifth quarter. Nice. And they okay. did and they did a performance from the stands, even though I, I don't think that was graded as part of the uh, band of <laughs> no, contest. Probably, it but it, it was just the fact that they did a stand performance. Yeah. Also gave the people a extra special uh treat for those for those who uh, stayed around and, and all you had to do was hang around for about four or five more minutes after they got done with the on the field ceremony mm-hmm. and they went through and each each band did one one maybe i think they did like one song a piece because they they uh they all had about five minutes each to do a uh okay to do a fifth quarter i, I would imagine that set. was if uh Knowing Mr. Grant like I know him, that was probably well planned. Yeah, I, I don't think that and, was and, just they, impromptu. No, it wasn't. I, I know it wasn't impromptu. Okay, but okay. it was not announced. That right. That was well, well good. Happen. You don't need to. You know, make it seem like it's a surprise, and everybody's yeah. like, "Ooh!" But but, but I thought that was a good. I thought that right. was a good. Touch. That's the genius of uh, of uh, John Grant and, uh, and then Mark put all this together. So congrats to to the uh, Celebration Bowl eight and uh, Band of the Year one. And it's a it's a great build up for the roar for and next year. The uh, blue and green watching machine. Uh, I mean the blue, blue and gold, blue and gold, gold watching yeah, machine, blue and gold, gold watching machine, machine. Of North Carolina T. Who again, as I predicted, North Carolina A and T wins again in Atlanta. Jackson State loses again. I'm I'm back to being petty. I'm sorry. I just I said and, it and I said it. So. And, and FAMU wins twice by osmosis because the a FAMU alum uh, uh, is FAMU the alum won the director uh, exactly. Of, the, of the roar yeah dr beckford uh who leads the roar a former member of the marching hundred a fam alum uh so we we sell we we do what we do up there and you know and so just watch out okay let's get back to this uh well, hold on hold on a second brian let me say, let me just put one emphasis on what you guys talking about with your band now you guys weren't able to see it but i was and people that were at the house um people at home where i saw this the director of the ncaa tall thing caucasian guy there. right yeah. Was there. yeah he was there and he came down, and right before halftime, he says something. He says, when I told people I was coming to this game here, he said, everyone says, whatever you do, make sure you watch the halftime show. He said, so I want to watch. He said, so he looked at the, I think it might have been Tiffany. He said, what's so special about this halftime? And Tiffany smiled said, we'll just wait and see. After, right before the game started to read back up in the third quarter, Tiffany ran up to him and said, hey, what did you think? You could just tell he was, I mean, his eyes was like, whoa. His face was fresh, and he was like, I like that. I'm gonna make yeah. sure I come back to more, and I and I just I just said two thumbs up HBCUs because he's the director of, of NCAA, Caucasian guy, and you could just tell he had a great time watching the band at the halftime, and he said I'm going to make sure I from now on I watch halftimes at HBCUs, and I was I would just say man like, okay, okay, isn't it amazing? Last year you had Roger Goodell on the sideline experiencing 
you know, that game last year, which was an amazing game, goes to overtime, South Carolina State defeating Jackson State. This year you have the director of the NCAA there, um, and he's – And the vice president. And the vice president. Well, she knows about the culture. She knows. Um, I know, you know, but, but Well, I, I, but that's not – Hey, anyway, did you guys get a the, chance the, to meet her? Did you guys get a chance to meet her? No. Who? No. Okay. No. I was just wondering if you guys got a chance to meet her. Because they, uh, they showed we, a segment where we, they had like we're not that high there. on the total pole. First off, we yeah we we're not even close to even being one year, one year, one day we'll be able to maybe maybe you know be close enough to see her walk by. You know that that's you know I'm sure I'm sure they wouldn't let us even be in the same space or the hallway that she might be walking down. So who knows? But yeah. um, just the fact that you've got these people who are getting a chance to kind of witness and see this culture um, that we all know so well is, is powerful. Yeah. Uh, now, yes. hopefully it helps, uh, helps generate, hopefully it's assigned to more advertisers and more dollars and more people that they can spend more with HBCU so that we can do more, with more um and and that's uh that's huge you know and i'm sure you know you got to imagine the ncaa directors coming saying you know here's a bowl game in the fcs but don't we have the fcs playoffs and and i'm sure he probably goes in with the thought wondering how come these schools aren't in our playoffs we have a playoff and then he sees what he saw and i'm sure he had to be thinking oh i get it i understand now this I mean, he can't say it. He can't say it publicly, but I bet you anything, he's probably telling Dr. McClellan, I understand why you guys are not in the playoffs. Right. I get it. And, and and here's the thing, Brian. The Celebration Bowl, despite all its you know success and everything and all the events that are going around it, it still not, not, doesn't have that one thing that you get on campus, and right. that's the tailgating. Right. So he, although he experienced a lot of it, once you add that tailgating in with the, with, with the with the RVs and the barbecue grills and and everything else with it, man, it, it, you can sell somebody on that. Yeah. And 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 I've got a question for everybody who, uh, if you happened to be at the game yesterday, uh, was there any difference in? Entering the stadium because of the extra security with uh with uh, Vice President Harris being there because we got we got there early long before she she would have come and we were already inside the stadium when she uh when she arrived but I was wondering uh because I heard some people saying mentioned things about traffic and which is with this Atlanta so that don't mean nothing to me when you talk about traffic but uh just, I was just curious if anybody who was there who's on this uh, this podcast had any experiences that they would like to share. Uh, yeah, put those in the, the, put those put those in the, in the chat, chat room if you're watching on, uh, if you're on Facebook and uh, on uh, YouTube and uh, let us know. Okay, getting into the, uh, well, I don't think you can, you can't, if you're watching on Twitter, uh, you know, you can hit us up, uh, our handles. Um, usually there's a scroll. If, if a producer finds the banner and runs the scroll, it's got our Twitter handles on it. You can always hit us up on Twitter. Uh, you can find me and Drew, or you could uh, tweet the show at my BCSN one, uh, the number one. Um, so, um, if you let's go into the second half, okay? Second half, um, second half, zero zero score. 
third quarter. Surprise the heck out of me, coach. No points. I, I, if you had bet props, if, and this is one of the things we're going to do next year. Remember the year we did props at the Celebration Bowl, Drew? You remember that year? I think it was an A&T Alcorn game, right? Yes, no, maybe. No, just uh, say no. I just, mean, A&T Alcorn, just, you, there was like three of them. So which one are we okay, talking about? <laughs> All right. So anyway, but if you would have if you would have if you would have put props on, will there be a safety? Normally, like in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl props are real big. So will there be a safety? That would have probably been big. You might have been could have got like two or three to one on would there be on the on the uh, first, on the yes. Yeah. You could have got plus money on the yes. First you, safety in history. Exactly. You would have cashed. Will they be? Will there be a scoreless quarter by both teams? That prop usually pays in the plus. We had that too. We had a scoreless quarter. Um, what else did we have? We had the actually we had the largest comeback in Celebration Bowl history. Uh, with Fab, you trailed it by fourteen on his coming back to victory. That largest was the comeback. largest comeback we, in the Celebration first safety Bowl. was the first safety. First safety, first safety, safety as well Bowl in the Celebration Bowl history. Um. You know, would a team score defensive touchdown? Defensive touchdown would have got you some props. Cha-ching. So you had all these things that went on in this ball game, right? I mean, so you know, I don't know. You know, when you go back and look at last year's game versus this year, and uh, th- this has been a heck of a, a two years of outstanding games. And then, of course, I think you had three years ago was the. Was the state Jackson State? Well, no. Let me go back then. Before COVID, was the was the explosion game the offensive was, was, explosion was that, game? Was that eighteen or nineteen though? I I, I don't remember. But the one when they scored hundred points between the no, two. No, that, that was after that was after Reynard left. So that was nineteen. Okay, I, Jamie, I, Jamie Jamie Jamie's in the chat. Jamie knows that. Yeah, that, that it was either eighteen or nineteen. Sixty four to the, 44, we had the basketball game break off in the stadium. Yeah, that was nineteen. <laughs> I bet you anything that was nineteen. So I mean, this is the amazing run of Celebration Bowl games that we have had. So, I, I like I said, we got to do props next year. But, uh, Coach, okay, so here's – we go into the fourth quarter. The score is still 16-10. to 10. Um, Looking at the fourth quarter, so going into the drive chart here, we go into the fourth quarter. Uh, Howard has the ball. Uh, they end up going three and out punting. Actually, it's the – just Howard's second drive of the half. They had a 12-play. Now, get this. Howard, in the third quarter, had a 12-play, 19-yard drive that essentially took up nearly seven minutes of game time, right? I mean, this is on the heels, uh, you know, of FAMU punting in the third quarter. And then FAMU going into the uh Scored early in the fourth quarter uh, after a twelve play eighty three yard drive, and that and that one started in the third quarter, carried into the fourth quarter, and that took up an additional seven minutes, seven thirty eight of yeah. of game clock. Right. So so Howard punts, FAMU gets their second touchdown uh, in three plays, seventy yards. That was a Kelvin Dean uh, fifty three yard touchdown, and FAMU has rocketed from being down six to up. What are we up now? Uh, let me see. Three. Down six to up eight. Up eight. eight. Up eight. Yeah. All right. Uh, and and those of us who, man, I tell you what, I I was I I, I I I was seeing it, Drew. I was seeing, I was seeing my bank account go up a little bit, a little bit higher. 
<laughs> hey, Rossi, coach, I was, I, I, I whoo, boy, and then all of a sudden, I, I, oh, about fainted on the next drive because, as you mentioned, that was the return. Howard gets the ball, uh, goes six plays, forty-three yards, and he kick a field goal, and then the pick six. Uh, and I've got a question after we talk about this the pick, pick six. six. So, from your perspective, when you saw the Howard pick six, and we we've talked about now in the fourth quarter, we've seen a touchdown, field goal, and another touchdown. We saw seventeen points come up in less than a you know less than half a quarter. Yeah. Talk uh, talk about what you saw, coach, on that interception by Howard and just that run-up of the momentum going from Howard leading to FAMU leading to now Howard's back on top. I saw your defense step up. I saw your defense putting your defensive line, putting pressure on the quarterback. I saw him get frustrated a little bit. He wasn't playing very well in the second half. I still don't know why the coach didn't didn't exchange him. Maybe because I don't know he's a senior, maybe because he's a superstar, but me and myself. You're talking, about, get on you're talking about Howard's quarterback? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, no. They, they were ride or die with Quentin Williams. There was no yeah. changing. He's a senior, fifth-year guy. There was no rider. They, they were and, riding. And, and, the, and he wasn't playing very well. Like I say, he threw no, that he pick. Wasn't. He messed up. He, he, like I say, he, he threw that pick a couple times. Besides the first besides the first half, there was a receiver downfield wide open. He had he had, um, he had a running back in a flat. And I remember Jay Walker saying, if he just see that running back over there, what's this kid thinking? And I'm thinking, I don't know what – I'm just talking like, my, like I'm sitting here watching TV. I'm thinking, I don't know what he's looking but. He ain't scanning the field or nothing like that. He wasn't, he wasn't, I don't know if he was upset, maybe because he got sacked once or twice, excuse me, fellow, or something like that, but he just wasn't playing very well. And the coach wasn't getting his attention like I would do or, or like Coach Simmons did with Musa early in the game. Um, and then you start to see a change. And I think the change was because your defense was revving up and they were three and out, three and out, you know, causing, you know, uh, cause that fumble, coming, mean, cause that pick. And your defense started to, I think your, your team started to generate off your defense, which is what they should do. Got a good defense. Um, that quarterback, once again, I'm 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 thinking, and I seen it somewhere later down the show where someone thought like me, like how and I know what you just said, Brian, but they're like, why didn't they change quarterback? Because he was he really hurt him. He really I mean, he, yeah, you know, he, he is who he is. He's a player, but at this point in time in the game, brother, you know, it's 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 all on the line. And we're trying to win this thing. We we, you know, we're here, not supposed to be here, but we're here, and you're not playing very well. So I gotta do something as a coach. I gotta do something, but the coach didn't do anything. He just sat there nice and calm, like. He was okay with it. And I was just thinking, are you trying to win? Because coach, would you really – hold on, Coach. You, you're telling me the guy who you have been riding with for the last two seasons and you – and here you are in this final game. You would have – you would have really – you telling me that you would have thought about, even if it were a series, of making a quarterback change? Is that what you're telling me? First of all, let me say this. I play two, I play two quarterbacks no matter what. So if I get into that type of situation, my other quarterback's already up. So if I got Frosty and AD ready and Frosty's not playing really well – I'm putting AD in the game. He's used to being in the game because he's used to getting practice reps. So that's me right there. But yes, Brian, at this type of magnitude, we're not even supposed to be here. We're six and five. We're not supposed to be here. We're playing the number one team in the country who's got everything going for them. And, and it's not a bad game. We're not playing bad, but we're not playing very well. So yes, I have to make a change as the head coach because this is my program. I'm the leader. And I got to go look at an AD and a president on Monday or Tuesday before I get in the corner and go on Christmas break. And I got to tell them what was going on. I got to look at my team when everybody's upset, like, because, you know, it's going to be, man, Coach, how can we make a change? So, yeah, you, you you have to be able to make those changes. Yeah, that's your guy. That's your man. He's been with you. But he wasn't playing very well. So if you can't get his attention, like most coaches can, Frosty Norman, 
then I had to go with somebody else because you can see. I mean, one time after he threw a pick, he walked and he sat down. I'm like he was gonna start crying because he knew he wasn't playing very well. And the camera was right on him. I hate when they do kids like that, but the camera's right on him, and you could just see his face. And he and he really wanted. I mean, he did everything he could to hold him back because he you he could tell. And we've all played. I don't know if you you play basketball, football, whatever. You just know when you're not playing very well, and you know you're the reason why it's screwing up. And like we're gonna lose this thing because of me. And you could see his face. He wanted to start shedding tears. He really did. And once again, I hate that that camera was right on that brother. Because he, I mean, I'm thinking to myself, get out of his face. Got the kids are already feeling bad. And the camera just right on him. And he just put his head down like this. And you can see it. But as the coach, yes, man. We're at the big one. This is the celebration bowl. This is why we since January till now. This is why we this is why we've been practicing, running, lifting, jump roping, practicing, hitting, everything we've been doing. We beat North Carolina Central. We weren't supposed to, but we did. Now we're playing fam you. So hey, yeah, Brian, I got to sit him down. Because okay. we're at the big one. And anyway, I, I, you know, talk about it. Um, and once again, I mean, I mean, I know we're not getting off subject, but yes, me, I, I would have to sit him down. Really, as much as I'd love the kid, you know, and I thank you for the wins that you've been doing for me. I got to sit you down, young man, because you're not playing very well. And you can see it in his face. He probably wouldn't have, he, he probably wouldn't have debated you like, okay, coach, because he knew he wasn't playing very well. I'm telling you, go back and you watch, watch that segment. And when he sat down and the camera's right there, just in the boy's I remember face. It. I saw and it. Then, I, I, we were sitting camera. right next to the uh, replay. Yeah. We were sitting right next to the Skycam booth. So I did see what you're talking about after one of those interceptions when yeah. he came and sat down. Um, I, and I, I know what you're talking about. Like, wow. You know, and, and he's probably thinking, we're about to lose this thing, and it's because of me, and for and I got to live with this for the rest of my life. And then the camera just sitting right there, and I'm thinking, that's not fair. Get out of his face, camera. Get out of his face. But, of course, you know, they get paid to do stuff like that. But anyway, um, Brian, yes, I would have set him down. That pick uh, really turned the momentum for you guys because for a minute there, you, 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 your, your fan base was like up and down. Once, sometimes you guys up jumping around and you're sitting down. And sometimes you up and something down and you're sitting down. But after that pick, oh, I think you guys stood up for the rest of the game and didn't sit back down. I think you guys knew, okay, we got this one. Um, defense played up very well. Uh, they shut little James down. I think they gave him the ball two or three times in a row, and I don't think he got three yards. I mean, defense was on him hard bad. Um, quarterback had nowhere to go. Um, so I'm going to say late third going into the fourth, you guys had momentum and you didn't give it up. Um, I would like to ask this, cause I, if I'm not mistaken with a minute 47, you guys did the victory celebration. I mean, you guys went into victory and just kneeled it. I didn't understand that me myself. I'd go to a double tight eye formation. Just run downhill. Like Drew said earlier in the segment, 21, 20. You would have tried to score coach, wouldn't you? No, no, no. I wouldn't try to score, but I would have just oh, tried to eat more of the clock off. Because you guys just sat there for a minute, a minute 47, you guys are feeling confident. I'm thinking, right now, it's what, it's what we're, we're at a three-point game. What was the final score? 23-26? We had, we had, we had uh, fam, you had 30, to get 30. one. At that point, you're talking about, because Howard had a timeout. Right yep. Fam, you had to get one first down yeah. before they could go with the victory formation, which is what they did. They did. Except, was it Jennings on that run Jennings, who ran out of bounds? He, he went out of bounds, right. Yes. He Jennings ran, forgot, yeah, he went out like, of bounds. I need to stay in bounds because yeah. he ran out of bounds on the first down run. Yeah. So the clock was stopped, i.e. giving Howard essentially another timeout because right. – uh, But there, still, there still wasn't enough uh, – But there still wasn't enough still to force enough. Yeah, uh, so fam, you could kneel three times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it would have, they would have, they probably wouldn't have had to go three meals. Just two. They could have probably gone two. Yes. And, and yeah, but. Right. Yeah. He, he took it all the way to the five. I was so hoping he was going in the end zone. I, I, I could, again, I'm working. So I had to keep my nerves 
But I'm, I'm just thinking, go ahead, Jenny, please die for the end zone. Yeah. But any, any of us who had minus four, minus six, minus seven, we're all thinking, go score, go score. And it is like, oh, we'll take the knee. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. real that's, quickly, that's I want to say, I wanna say something degenerate. real quickly. Um, let's go back to the play where um, you guys got the ball, Musa. He's sitting back there, and the O line just giving him time. He can, he can scramble eggs, he can flip the pancakes, and he throws it to, I think it was number 88, and he fell down. He thought he caught it like on the one. But the ball actually hit the ground, okay? Yeah. And they reviewed yeah. it, and they brought it back. But the very next play, he got the same thing. And this is what I'm saying for the offensive line. They gave him two plays in a row, great protection. I mean, he was back there once again, scrambling eggs, drinking coffee. He had time, and then he seen the guy hit him, touchdown. So that was a good job by Moose and his golden arm he has. But then big boys up front gave him two good plays in a row. Um, Want to talk about another play. This kid didn't have a lot of runs. I mean, I think he, I think they said he only had like five or seven rushing yards, but um, he had two receiving touchdowns out the backfield because you guys weren't able to yeah. run the ball very well, but this one kid came in late in the game. Dean. Kelvin Dean, to, yeah, Kelvin Dean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he he did a good job of catching the ball out the backfield and making it happen there. Nothing against 23. He had some good hard runs, but he wasn't able to get loose like he did. Wound up being MVP. Who, who got MVP? The one kid, the running back? Yeah, yeah Kelvin Dean. Dean yeah. got the offensive MVP. Yeah, because he scored two touchdowns. Late. He, he scored both your touchdowns, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Doing hey, the you run. Know else, you know who else showed up big for you guys? Who once again? I, I saw FAMU three times, but I never saw this kid till yesterday. Was your tight end? He did one. He did a great job blocking. Oh, he's been there. He had, he had two or three good catches. I was like, who is this kid? And he's a big yeah. kid too. He's a big kid. I'm like, who is this kid here? Yeah, number well, eighty-one. No for play. You guys. They haven't featured him a whole lot, but nah, he's been he didn't there. Get featured a lot, and that that to me was the biggest play of the game. I was trying to find it. We're down. Uh, we're down 26 to 24, and I think if I'm not mistaken, wasn't it fourth down? Yeah, it was a fourth um, down. I it believe. was a fourth down play. And it across where, the middle. Where was it? Where was that play? Because he, he caught it on round of 20, if I remember correct. Uh, Floyd Fab had the ball just inside the 40 yeah. and went forward, and he got to about the 20, 20, 21 or something like that, just outside the red zone on the catch. I remember mm-hmm. the play, and it, I can't remember which drive, yeah, but I definitely he, he, remember the play. He had two or three good catches. I was just, I was like, wow. I've never, I never seen. I mean, you know, I've seen Rainey and I've seen other receivers, but I never seen this kid. But that young man showed up yesterday for you guys. He, yeah, yeah uh, Kamari, uh, Kamari he Young, uh, Kamari Young caught that, and that that was that was the play of the game for me as watching that play. I mean, out the pick six almost turned into the play of game for Howard, and uh, I, I would probably say that is Howard's play of the game because it put them in a position to win. It really did. Yeah. And then for, for FAMU, converting a fourth and five with a 20-yard pass play, is that's sick. Ridiculous. Yeah. Great throw, great catch. What that says is that your head Let's coach has confidence in his team. That's what that says. The head oh, coach yeah. has Let's, confidence in his team. That's what that says. Let's go back to that pick six for a second. Coach Ferrasi. Talk to me. You just had, you just got a pick six, which Oops. means you, you, just, you just took the momentum back in the game. Yes. Took the lead. You're up 25-24. Fourth quarter. Seven minutes remain. I believe it was 7.09 if I got the time exact. Explain to me going for one instead of two because you're up 25-24 with the PAT coming. Obviously, if you get the two and score the two, it puts you up a field goal where a field goal can only tie you, cannot beat you. And if you get the PAT, a field goal beats you. So in my in my opinion, 
one point does you no good that late in the fourth quarter. Every chart that I know of tells you to go for two at that point. Talk to me about why you think Coach Scott may have gone for the one at that point instead of going for the two. Offense not playing very well. He knows his quarterback's frustrated. Um, He's probably a little frustrated. And so um, if you go for two and you don't get it, now you have to point a finger, okay? And so it's probably easier to just go for the one. We know, excuse me, fellas, we know our field goal kicker has been kicking pretty well. We can get this. Ah, come on now. We can get this done, everything, excuse me. And um, so, you know, it's probably just, let me get right there. There we go, handsome. Hey, that guy. So anyway, um, I mean, once again, often not playing very well. Quarterback's frustrated. So once again, if you go for two, now you got to point a finger like, hey, what the heck? Well, you got to point, you got to look at your coordinator. You got to look at your quarterback. You got to look at yourself as a head coach. So it's just probably best, just safe thing, just go for one. I'm thinking like you did, though. I'm thinking uh, I would have put me, I'd have jumped to a double tight eye formation and went to my running back who still hadn't had a chance to get loose yet and say, hey, brother, we need you right now. Big fellas up front, we need you to push these guys back. But he's not me. I'm not him. But I, I'm thinking out loud, AD, just probably thinking that the one is probably the safer. And like you said, um, it's a good game. It's close. You know, you still got time. So you, And your defense playing pretty well. You know, offense is one that's really hurting you right now. Defense still playing pretty well. So go ahead and go for the one. Um, you go for the one that now is, what, 24-25 or something like that? I mean, it's close. So you're still right there. Nothing to panic. No, you know, no yeah. need to, you, you, like I said, you call it getting tight. No need for none of that. We still got time. So go for one and let our defense get out there because our defense has been playing very well. Hopefully I can look at my quarterback and just have eye contact with him and say, hey, my friend, I need you to come home. Speaking of the Howard defense, you know, let's not let's not sleep on the Howard defense because outside of the one drive when, fam, you took like seven minutes off of the clock, that was the one, like, really sustained drive by FAMU, but a rest and this happened both ways. The rest of FAMU's points became it came because of the offense putting the defense in bad position, giving FAMU short fields. And consequently, the first 14 points that Howard scored, one came off with the special teams uh mm-hmm. not not covering properly. And the second one, the offense put the fumble. defense mm-hmm. uh, because of the fumble and gave gave Howard's offense a short field so when you take all that stuff out both defenses actually perform pretty good the offenses put both defense at bad positions at certain points in time during the game that the offense were able to take advantage of now here i want to ask you about one other question before i turn it well, back hold on to before you ask the question because i i want to say that that's a great point coach you just brought up about uh the reasoning for not going for two uh and and as i Think back and you look at the score, and you just said it. Those two scores were the only time that Howard's offense punched the ball in. They that was their only two scores. Everything else was a result of defense and special teams. Yes. And so, yeah. And, and, every, that, and those on short fields. Yeah, exactly. In the fourth quarter, yeah. So, I mean, stats, the, the game was uh, uh, the game was weird, I, and I didn't really process that. I'm still drunk in the emotion of winning and all that. And Wait, I now that drunk you think about emotion? that, I'm drunk <laughs> in the emotion. I was a little drunk afterwards, but I was drunk in the emotion of that game, and that I didn't even consider that. Yeah, Howard's offense was pretty bad, and and uh, unfortunate, but their defense was great. Special teams was good, and it almost. It is, it is what we kind of said. If Howard is going to win, 
it's going to be because defense special team doesn't do what they're supposed to do on offense and special teams. And they opened the door, FAMU did, to allow on Howard. On the opening they, kickoff. They, 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 they opened the door and gave them a chance. You know, and, and fortunately, when you have the number one defense in the FCS, the, the defense showed up when it had to show up in the second half. Also, Brian, let's keep something else in mind. Fam, you had two touchdowns come off the board via penalty. Oh, yes, indeed. One, one, one was a defensive score. One was an offensive score uh-huh. that came off via a penalty. And But now, Coach, I do want to talk, talk to you about one penalty in particular that a lot of people, including people who were up in, uh, in the press area where I was at, do not, did not understand the rule, know the rule, live bullets flying, the muffed kickoff. Uh, in, 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 the, in the fourth quarter, the keyword, keyword is being, being muffed. But first of all, establishing whether that was a muff or a fumble in, in live time. He, I think he touched the ball at about three or four yard line. Three yard line. The ball rolled back into the end zone, and he goes with his back to the field of play, puts his hand on the ball, one knee, obviously in college ball. Once you have a knee on the ground, the ball, the ball is dead. So he downed the ball, which it technically is, was a touchback at that point in time. And who was it that uh, hit him? My my guy right here, number thirteen, Jalen Glaze. Jalen Glaze him up. Jalen Glaze him up right there in the end zone. What did he? And originally they called targeting. They just changed it to a regular personal foul. But originally it was it was called targeting. And but it just talk to me. I hope you remember the play that I'm talking about. Just talk to me about that play. Uh, what are you telling kids? Hold on. Yeah. What are you telling kids? How 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 should that? What are, what are coaches coaching their kids to do on special teams in that situation? Because you really don't know whether that's a a muff, a fumble, if that's a live ball, and then especially his, his back is to you. I'm gonna be honest with you. After looking at the replay, although for safety, I definitely understand the call, but in the, in the in the moment of it. I don't know if he really could tell whether he was I, in possession I, of that ball he when he, he hit him. Go ahead, Coach. On that particular moment, fellas, I was unable to see that play. I got a phone call. My mother had a stroke and went to the hospital. So my brother and sister was calling me, and I'm thinking that I got to get dressed and get out of here. But my sister's like, Mama said, you stay where you at. She's going to be fine. And I'm like, huh? So I missed that play right there. So I do apologize to you guys and the, and the, and the people in the chat room about that. Um, she's okay. They call me this morning. They're going to let her go. Um, mom's old. She don't take very good care of herself, everything like that. But I talked to her this morning. She's like, I'm going to be okay, Frosty. Are they going to let me out here tonight? I'm like, Mama, you need me to come up there? Because I just got through doing laundry. She's like, no, I'll call you when I get home. Said, as soon as you get home, let me know, and I'll come over there. But I missed that play. But anyway, what we as coaches, what we're doing in that situation there is we're going after live balls because you just never know. It's better to be safe than sorry. So I heard you say targeting. I don't teach hitting the head. I tell my guys we don't hit in the heads. That's cowardly. But we go from the shoulder pads to the ankles. He's live. So now, he now coach, hit. he hit him. When they went back and showed the replay, he took he hit his sh- shoulder. It was his shoulder Sorry, to the back yeah. of the player. Now live, I understand why they threw the flag when when you if you would have seen that play uh, live because with his back to him and then you saw the neck kind of snap because because of the hit. I thought they was, was targeted or they was gonna say defenseless player. I honestly thought that's what they were gonna they were gonna go with uh live. But good thank thankfully calmer heads prevailed in the uh in the ruling. Yes, it did deserve a 15-yard penalty, 
but which they only made a TBR, which, had, which we which I was going to talk about that. I was going to talk about that, but it did deserve to be a fifteen. Did you ever get penalty. an answer on that? You know why that was only a ten? I still don't. Uh, besides the fact that I think they just messed it because up. of the heat of the moment, they just screwed that up and spotted the ball. Did the fifteen from the twenty instead of the twenty five because it was a kickoff and they may have thought it was a punt. Okay, let me get this right. The guy had his back to him, and the guy hit him anyway. Hello. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, coach. Okay, I so said, let me get this right. So you saying the guy had his back to him, had his back to him, and a guy and a guy hit him anyway in the end zone. Yes. Yeah, he hit. I, I mean, it's it's one of those. If you didn't, I if mean, you didn't see it, you have to see yeah, it to hard, understand. It's hard to explain. You would have had to have seen it. It was in the fourth quarter. You have to go back and, and actually look at it to understand what, yeah. what we're talking about. I, I remember missing that. I remember I remember hearing the commentator talk about it, but I had to get up. I walked to the front room because my TV's in my room. So I had to walk to the front room with my brother because my brother's sister calling me at the same time. And I'm thinking, why are you guys calling me? You know, And then when they told me what was going on, I'm like, oh, okay, hold on. I'm on my way. Let me let me get my shoes on. And they're like, no, 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 no. So, you know, it's over. She's okay. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get to see that. I had to see that play. But you're not supposed to hit anybody with your back turn. I mean, I don't know any coach who teaches somebody that, and if so, they coach and be coaching because we're not here to hurt anyone. We're just here to play good football. All right. Um, all right. Uh, any uh, – any, let's, get, let's get ready to sort of wrap it up here because I know I want to – I know we had a couple other news and note things we want to kind of do, and I don't want to be here. Um, for for we, a good time, we not a long time. A, yeah, we promised we weren't going to do a three-hour show. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, we can get a little long, um, any other, any other key points that maybe you didn't get a chance to, uh, talk about, uh, that, that you wanted to point out or that you saw in, in, in this game. And then I want to give you a chance coach to quickly talk about what you saw from the first bowl game of the year, the Florida beach bowl, which I will confess I did not watch. Um, I tried to watch it. I know a couple of the platforms did not go through. You're and gonna throw someone under the bus. You better drive I, hard, or you're gonna, gonna let it go. Uh-oh. 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 Are you gonna, you gonna drive hard? Or are you gonna let it go? Don't 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 wish wash here. Either drive hard or go uh, all, all I'm going to say is, w- when I went to go find the game on my TV, my smart TV that has the HBCU that company's app mm-hmm. downloaded to it mm-hmm. the game would not come up okay i saw part of the pregame on, on my tv and i'm talking about almost 65 inch so after a while i got frustrated and i was like let me try a different device i tried th- my ipad this ipad right here that you see and the game was able to come up on my ipad Another member of the Black College Sports Network family, I'm not going to call him out, was texting me back and forth like, bro, do you have the game on? I was like, I got it on my iPad, but I can't get it on my TV. And then Coach Rossi, I, you got it. You got a, you got a better, then, co- better connection. Wait, better hold, device hold up. Hold up. Anyway, Rossi <laughs> was texting hey, me too. Rossi was texting me too. <laughs> and, you know, so I'm on the I got the phone, I got the iPad, I got the TV, and I between them I couldn't get I couldn't get all of the work. So you at the weren't same part time. of the seven hundred something thousand that saw it. 
Is that is that what you're telling me? If you're talking about impressions, I, I just said you were one of the seven hundred thousand that saw it. If, if you talking, your about, eyes weren't part of the seven hundred thousand. If you're talking about impressions, we're messy right now. But go if ahead. you're talking about impressions, I'm just asking. Or actually, now now the eight times that I had to log in may have counted. <laughs> See, I'm okay. I'm, I don't know, uh, but, Co- I, but I, and I probably had it. about twelve to fifteen impressions because every time I kept trying to log in from a different device, you know, it probably counted in different IP address and everything like that. Coach, you saw it. What did you see, Coach? Because you, I saw, saw a bunch of rain and about. You saw it. Good, you good job hey, trying real, to. But shout out to trying to put on an event. Hey, real quickly, um, what before we go to this game here, I want to say something that AD said last week. He said, "If this is the game, do you leave it all on the field? Do you bring out your, your plays, your, your your trick plays?" And we did see two trick plays. We saw the reverse pass to Musa. I think they got called back, and uh, good athletic ability by by that young man there. The way he caught it and you know fell into the end zone, but it got called back. And then we saw the flea flicker. So I want to say, Ad, you did call it because me myself, I don't really I don't really use trick plays. Not to say I'm better than the next coach, but I, I got an arsenal of, of artillery in my coaching bag. So. I don't personally really use trick plays, but you did call it, and they both worked. I mean, both. I think one went for a touchdown, got called back, and the other, the, the flea flicker went for a big play. So shout out to you for calling it. The Beach Bowl. Now let's get back to the Beach Bowl. Raining Wednesday. <laughs> um, I did my homework. I, I texted AD and I said, "Hey, I'm gonna do my homework because I don't really know much about neither one of these teams. Both of these teams. If you go back and you do your homework the same as I did, the offensive line were both equal. Defensive line were equal. Both teams were seven and three. Special teams equal, so you didn't really see who had an advantage. Like, only the advantage I saw was um, Fort Valley threw for about 300 more yards than Johnson C. Smith. That was probably the only thing that stuck out to me. Okay, Other I think that, Johnson C. intentionally equal. was running the ball. I don't know if that was because of the weather or that was the game plan, but Johnson C. did not try to throw the ball hardly at all during that game. Yeah, well, see, well, that's what I'm saying. Johnson, that, like I said, the only, only disadvantage that I saw was. Fort Valley had like 300 more yards passing. Other than that, everything stat-wise um, was same. I think one team scored 25 touchdowns, the other team scored 28 touchdowns. So they were they were they were they were equal. So I'm thinking this is gonna be this was gonna be a good game, and it was a good game. I'm a, I'm a uh, it, at times it got kind of boring though, you know, probably because of the rain. And although I love to run the ball, you can all you can just tell that's what they're gonna do. Now I want to say something real quickly. Um, the two young brothers that play for Johnson C. Smith. Tim Newman and Jacob Newman, their brothers. Their father is the head coach at Virginia Lynchburg. Okay. Now, this this was kind of cool to me. I don't have any sons. I wish I did, because I'd have done the same thing. The coach at Virginia Lynchburg, his name is Tim Newman. He raised both his boys to play running back. He played running back. He played at Johnson C. Smith. Both his boys, um, both his boys played at John C. Smith. The quarterback, when the coach was there, Tim was there, is now the head coach at Johnson C. Smith. So he was the quarterback for the dad, turned around, handed the ball to the dad back in the day because the dad, they say, he was pretty good. He was three-time all-conference. And now he's the coach of that guy's sons, turn around, hand the, boy, hand the ball to both his sons. Both his sons are very talented, so he did a good job of raising them right, coaching them. And they're a big part of that offense. Because when you talk about John C. Smith, you, all, even the commentator, all, all game long, he kept saying the Newman boys, the Newman boys. And I'm thinking the Newman boys. And then finally when he said Jacob and Tim, and then later in the game, that's when it hit me, I'm thinking – Okay, that those and the commentator said too. He said, in case anybody don't know, their father's the coach at Virginia Lynchburg. And I'm saying, oh, somebody said, well, how come the boys don't play for their dad? And I'm thinking, well, uh, if you go play for your dad and you're playing, people are saying, only oh, why you're playing because your dad's head coach. Uh, them, them young brothers are pretty talented. Um, Fort Valley, on the other hand, um, they got some big boys. Now they're not as big as South Carolina's Southerns or Howards, 
but but both sides of the ball had some you know 285 315 type kids 62 63s wasn't nobody just real huge but they weren't small yeah ad they had to run the ball because of the rain um i saw one play special teams wise where the punter it was in the end zone and the, uh the holder snaps the ball right over the punter's head punter didn't even make effort for it me as a coach I go a little ballistic, not throwing my head to nothing like that, but I'm I'm calling both of them over here right now because what's his high snap stuff and why didn't you give effort? Because if you go back and you just see it, I mean, he just literally looked at it, go over his head. I'm thinking, so you're not going to give effort? Everything like that. Um, score was, the score wasn't bad. It was it was a close game all the way. I think the rain had a lot to do with it. Um, neither team was able just to get busy, run the ball, because you tell that's what they wanted to do. Uh, little Tim, Jacob, Jacob scored. In the third quarter for John C. Smith, he had a little outside zone uh, to the left, outside zone, and he stretched it outside. And he broke it for about 10 yards. Other than that, they kicked a field goal. Other than that, they were, they were kind of quiet. Um, his brother, Tim, um, got most of the carries, but he didn't really – he didn't really – was able to get down. Uh, both teams played the um, run very well. Uh, Fort Valley's got a running back. Um, I can't think of his name or his number, but he, he, he was pretty much their workhorse. They're pretty much 80% of what they were trying to do. But John C. Smith, you know, held him in check. He had a couple good runs. He had a couple of 8, 10, 12-yard runs. When I say a couple, maybe two or three. Other than that, they kept him in handcuffs for the most of the game there. Uh, was a good game. But like I say, at times, you're just sitting there like, okay, I'm waiting for somebody to do something. Somebody do something. Um, and then for it to be a bowl game, they changed the name to the Beach Bowl. What was it before that? Because they talk about that used to be like the Division II Black College National Championship, the Patriot game or something. Anybody know? It used to be a Pioneer Bowl way Thank back in right the there. day. It's probably been Thank dead you. about 10 years. Yeah. This yeah, is yeah, the yeah. inaugural Beach Bowl. Uh, but I think the Pioneer Bowl died out around 2012, 2000. That's what it was. I, I, I knew it started with a P. I said P, but it was a Pioneer Bowl. And they said this used to be the uh, Division II um, no, it was, Black it was College National Championship or something like that. And they re, and they, re, they rebrung it back as the Beach Bowl. But wasn't a lot of people in the crowd. Now, I don't want to hear people talking about rain because – when you guys played, who you guys play in the rain a couple weeks ago? And it was, was a packed TV. house. Okay. When you guys played PV in the rain, it was a packed house. Everybody stayed there, unlike they do at Tennessee State. That was a home guys, game, though. Yeah, that, was that was like, that was, a, that was a, that was, you know, it, it was two things. One, it was a championship game, and, and it, it wasn't was at Bragg. And it wasn't Wednesday night. And it wasn't Wednesday night. Exactly. Yeah. There, none hey, of those so, schools, I don't know what the alumni base of, I'm not going to speak on, I don't know the alumni base. Or Johnson C or Fort Valley down in South Florida. So take that into consideration when you look at those numbers. So that that's something that the bowl has to work on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to move that to a weekend because that weekday really hurt. You know, you take that into consideration. People do work. People got bills to pay. But it just went. The stadium was empty because you can see the camera showing it. And I'm like, I'm to myself. I'm like, stop showing that because that, that's embarrassing to the bowl game. And whoever sponsors this game is going to be like, I'm not even going to put my money behind it because no one's coming out. So they, they got to figure out how to move it to a weekend. And um, but still, you know, you you, you want to support. I mean, I mean, I mean now, Lang Langston's playing at the game on Tuesday night. It's raining. I'm there screaming, yelling because I love Langston. I got to tell my boss, hey, I, I got to cash in some of these uh, work days I got or anything of that sort what I got to do. But I'm going to be there. So once again, I'm with you, Brian. I don't really know the support of what they have. But both teams are 7-3. That's the winning season. You know, both teams yeah. got good coaches. Both teams run the ball well. I mean, they, they, they were good teams, but the stadium was kind of empty, so I was kind of down about that. Like, come on, you guys, where we at? Well, but think about think about this. You're going to see over the next two weeks bowl games on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for the next two weeks. So bowl games are going to occur 
in a, in a, in a non-traditional college weekend. But here's the difference, Brian. What, what do most people have over the next two weeks, especially post-Christmas into New Year? Most places, uh, usually if, if you're at a factory that's shut down, a lot of jobs, unless you're in the service industry, most jobs usually have that, that time off from Christmas to New Year's. I will, I, will, I will counter what you're saying by saying this. And having been at bowl, uh, the, the, this whole bowl thing, I've, I've been at those trade shows where they make a lot of decisions. I met John Grant, talked to him, you know, even sold him some, some merch uh, at, at these bowl things. The bowl purpose is they're connecting with the community. Yes. Um, it's not necessary. I mean, true, they want alumni and fan engagement from the schools. Yes, but it's more so a connection with the community. So if the bowls was able to provide the student athletes with um, things to do during the week uh, in South Florida, give them an experience, something that they have not or would not normally get for. I mean, and you got to admit both these schools didn't win their championship, didn't even play in their championship, didn't go to the playoffs. So if they got 72 hours to South in South Florida, and I don't think it rained all 72 hours in South Florida, they got a chance to go to the beach. They got a, a chance to do – they probably got a memorable experience and then, hey, you get to play a football game, and it is what it is. you know. But all the stuff leading up to the game is really what the bowl is about. So and create people to come back in future times for to spend their tax dollars. Exactly. With, and you get them. people to at the end of the year, you get people to spend their money that they're trying to spend before the end of the year. And and again, uh, student athletes, HBCUs, the CIAA, the SIC, it opens up a door to future things. And yes, you know, yes, there's no CIAA or SIC schools in Florida, not in South Florida, but you know, the HBCU culture is in the experience is spreading. And so you want to give your investors down in South Florida an, an, an opening to, to, to other things. And that's what that bowl is really. That's how I'm selling. If I'm if I'm a the bowl organizer, that's what I'm selling to people. And so the crowd may not have been great. And hey, thankfully, it rained because, hey, guess what? I'm going to blame it on. Oh, it's the rain. If the rain was poor. I'm not going to talk about it being on a Wednesday. That, that rain that rain was was nothing nice. Yeah, it exactly. Was nice. Yeah, so yeah, it was, you yeah, can blame, right. it, blame it on the rain. Whatever you want to do. I mean, you know, you go from there. You know, I, I know you know that one, Coach. I think, yeah, 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 I know that one. But I think what they got to do is probably advertise it a little better. You don't know who's you don't know who's gonna play in it, you know. At the end, first but, year, coach, first year. There's a lot yeah, of things yeah, yeah. that they will do better, but let's not. I think we have to get out of. We want perfection from the get go. Let's let's just. They did some hey, things right. Hey, they didn't do Southern you know. Jaguars want perfection. They want the celebration bowl right now. <laughs> They're not gonna get that. They're not gonna get that. Let, let's just hope. Hey, Southern Southern won the Bayou. Let's just stop right there. They they won hey, the Bayou. Congratulations, Coach Gray. Congratulations, Coach Gray, by being the new head coach at Southern. Kudos up there. Um, now, did did Fred McNair take the Texas Southern job, or are they still up in the air? It, it's still up in the air. We're going to talk about that in the he, next segment taking, if we taking, ever get off of this segment. He's taking the job, Coach. He's taking the job. I, okay. Ninety. If if I had a dollar in my pocket, I, I lost a lot of money 
on, on that game yet last night. So I don't have a dollar in my pocket. But if I had a dollar in my pocket, I would tell you Fred McNair is going to Texas Southern. Hey, Brian, you may not have a dollar in your pocket, but the guy next to you got a whole bunch of so digging his pockets. I, what'd his you pockets. say? I said, you may not have a dollar in your pocket, but the guy right next to you, he got a whole bunch of dollars in his pockets. So so digging his pockets. Well, he he looking he looking away. So <laughs> I don't know. He, okay. Where you guys go? Why y'all blue? What happened? Hello? Oh, I'm doing the show by I don't myself. Know. Hey, how you doing? Somebody, well, no, we're still here. That's we're how still that's, here. that's we're the still producer. Here. Something to signal. We're <laughs> still oh, here. Oh, hey, I, th- I thought he was giving me a little time to go ahead, you know, shout it out. I was gonna be at, you know, okay, Black College Sports Network, <laughs> no, no, no. Norman, everything no, like that. No, no. But um, I know you guys got to keep moving. I, I once again, I want to thank you guys for what you did for me this year. You helped me get a lot more famous than what I was coming back from Hawaii this way. Shout out to the 808, Allah um, but I mean, I'm very well known now more than I would to Brian. That's up to you. AD, thank you for, uh, you know, becoming a friend and calling me and keep telling me more about how this, this process worked. Cause at times I was getting frustrated, like what's going on. But now that the celebration is celebration bowl has come and gone, um, supposedly there's going to be some movement going on. Hopefully I'll get a phone call. Uh, I'll keep you guys updated with whatever's going on with me. Um, you know, please pray for my mom. I love her. She's the only one I got left. My dad passed two years ago. And mom's not doing very well, so I'm gonna concentrate on her. But um, she knows I love football, and if a job came available, she 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 helped me pack my bag. Like boy, go on, because it's what you've been doing since you were seven. But once again, I just want to say shout out to you guys, your Black College Sport Network, Roy, um, and everybody who supported me. And I, I appreciate this, really, I do. You guys have made me a lot more famous with Twitter, my LinkedIn, uh, my emails, and so uh, I definitely will stay in touch. Hopefully, God's on my side and bless no, me in the both. next couple of weeks. But um, once again. Whatever happens going forward is because of you two young men, and I thank you guys. And that goes to what we say, how black people support one another. Because once again, I was living in Hawaii with a dream of coaching again, and I contacted Brian. He sent me his phone number. We talked, and hey, here we are today. So, Brian, thank you. And once again, AD, shout out, brother, because every time I call, you answer, and I appreciate that. Uh, I need you to become an AD so we can win a damn national championship, okay? All right. Appreciate you, my brother. Be safe now. and All we, right, and we let you know what we we'll let you know what we're gonna do next weekend because uh you know yeah, with, with it being Christmas Eve on Sunday we're gonna adjust our showtime and we'll get yeah. with you uh, sometime during the week so we can make sure we uh, coordinate. Hey fellas, I'm with you anytime you need me. You know what I'm saying like that. But I just wanted I didn't know if we was gonna do something again or y'all was getting ready to roll to the basketball. But anytime you need me, you know you can call me and I'm now, there for now you. Now we're gonna let you close out the season with us because that'll be our year end uh, closeout right there. We're gonna definitely let you close it out with us, my brother. Hey, 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 man, I'm there. And once again, thank you, too. I really do appreciate y'all, and I look forward to getting with y'all throughout the week. I thank you, Coach. Uh, you've really made a difference this year uh, with our show. It's been, a, it's been a great addition to our Sunday show. Appreciate all your uh, your expertise, your advice, your your opinions. Um, it, it's been a pleasure. So I, I'm I'm hopeful, praying that, uh, you know, some, some, some coach – us, uh, you know, and, and and I know there are a lot out there who, who are looking for some people. Uh, you're looking for a good man. Uh, there's none finer than Coach Ferrasi Norman, and uh, he will be an asset to your program uh, should you choose to bring him in. And if not, Coach Ferrasi will be right here again next season. But I, we want Coach to be out there and get in and, and working. So that way, we we that's what we want more than anything. So uh, we'll be in touch, Coach. Happy holidays. Uh, prayers to your mom. And, you. Uh, you know, be well, my brother. All right. Hey, you guys, enjoy the rest of the show. Take care. I'll be in touch. All right. Thank you. Take care. All right.
Coach Frosty Norman. All right. Um, break. All right. Drew wants to take a break. Yeah. So we'll take a short break. Come back. News and notes. We'll talk about coaching around the HBCU diaspora. That's a hot topic this past week. And then we'll we'll talk about some basketball news and notes because uh, uh, we, we got a lot of stuff happening in the basketball world. And so it's time to start getting caught up with what's going on in basketball. So if you've been behind on what's been going on with basketball, we'll go through a few of the highlights and the, and the highs uh, that have been going on uh, of late. So you're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap right here on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be back in just a moment. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton, Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Let's face it, shopping for insurance can be time consuming. That's why when it comes to your auto, home, and life insurance needs, make things simple and trust the experts at Allstate. They will help you get the coverage that fits your needs while helping you bundle your life, home, and auto policies. Bundling saves you money, sure, but it also saves you time, so you can enjoy the things that matter most even more. Contact me, Tammy Haynes, your local agent, for a free personalized insurance quote. Allstate, are you in good hands? From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com Itchy Squirmy Scratchy Family not getting clean? 
Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, cream bottom. <laughs> <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? At Hampton Law, our primary goal is to provide non-traditional yet effective solutions and redefine the approach to client legal concerns. As your trusted legal advisor, we believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interest and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit thamptonlaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton Esquire, 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407-494-1471. thamptonlaw.com. All right, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. Appreciate all of you guys for jumping in and joining us. However, you're streaming the show on X uh, via one of our pages, either the My BCSN One, maybe the ONG Strike Zone where you're checking us out, um, on Facebook, on the Black College Sports Network, our BCSN Sports Wrap page, um, our Jericho Broadcasting page, or maybe YouTube uh, via YouTube, my JBN, or our BCSN page. So we appreciate you tuning in, however you are. Um, our we'll we'll announce later this week our Black College Sports Network national champions. But fortunately, I can say I'm pretty confident that the computers. <laughs> will be controversial, controversy-free uh, with its selections. I, I don't let's, think there would be much of a change at the top. Let's, let's see if the computers make Howard or Central number two. Number two. That's what I want to see when the numbers get ran. I'll, I'll probably go the computer. My guess, the, the, the computer will make Central two. All Just right. a guess. I mean, you know. Who knows, uh, you know, yeah. but we'll, we'll wait to see, obviously. So, I mean, the regulars, but when we last ended the poll, Benedict was one. Virginia Union was two right. at that level. Or on that level, uh, yeah. the non-Division one side, and, and then FAMU was one. Central was two, and Central Howard was, was two. three. And Howard was three. I, I don't think that, my guess, I don't think that'll change. But again, we'll release that all. But uh, on the field, undisputed year, uh, 45 years to the day. That uh, thank you, Tamara T. Appreciate, appreciate the love. Appreciate. It. Um, Forty-five years to the day that Florida AM and won um, the one double A at that time, later known as FCS. Nineteen seventy-eight. Nineteen seventy-eight national I championship. I, I can't get no love, Tamara, for the uh, jersey. No. Okay. Just want. <laughs> uh, Forty forty-five years to the day. Um, I would have loved for look. No, I'm a, I'm I'm that guy. I see I see and think about all these things. I know, fam, you went with the color 
uniform combinations that they started the season with. White helmets, uh, green top, green top, white pants. Notice the white stripe or the the orange and green stripe on the side of the pants. So it wasn't just plain white. It was. I would have loved that they would have gone with the orange helmets. The orange helmets would have been, and so the orange helmets, green jerseys, white pants look is what we wore when we won the national championship 45 years ago. That's the only thing I would have loved to have The same seen. combination. The same combination 45 years ago. And those of us who, who are into uniform swag and pay attention to those little things, I know. The literal throwback. Yeah, we would have loved to have seen that as well uh let's let's also remember uh i believe it was 52 years to the day 1971 when howard won the ncaa soccer championship was also okay anniversary from uh yesterday so something 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 historic was going to be done in one way yes there was going to be a little synergy thing in uh, one respect yes i believe that was 1971 it was 1971 1973 when it was an odd year yeah it was an odd year so i do remember that um uh, other little uh, the attendance the attendance at the game was 41 and some change hold on i just had it pulled up 41,108 was the uh, attendance uh the game took three hours and 48 minutes uh good time for for the game uh i look forward to going back and watching it on the replay of the broadcast it watched me uh this morning it did yeah because it actually came on the u at uh i believe five o'clock this morning i just happened to wake up uh and started watching they cut it down to two and a half hours on the u on the uh replay and like i say that I think it watched me till about the fourth quarter when I was conscious and actually uh, started watching it from about seven something on this morning. Right, right. Replay. Um, Forty-one thousand, I think, is the third largest uh, attendance. Um, I think the last two years touched over forty-eight and forty-nine. So this would now make three consecutive years that plus. the Celebration Bowl has drawn 40-plus, Yes, which which is great. Uh, there you go. You got a shout-out, Drew. Uh, Appreciate you, Tim. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's awesome for 41,000 fans to show. 30,000 30, easily. I think, green and orange. Uh, orange and green, yeah, for FAMU. And uh, I, I hope that my hope from this game, again, is that in order for FAMU to continue to be champions, Rattler Nation has to invest and donate. You you hopefully spit at least a moment. And if you didn't do it yesterday, hopefully they do it today. Hey, hey Brian, not to cut you off, but isn't that a speech for the OG strike zone? I'm I'm gonna use this platform that I have right here in this okay. moment, and I'm gonna also tell Howard Bison fans, whatever, you know, Howard alums, take that moment in that day, you should have, you know hopefully engaged and donated to your athletic department. I know Howard's got this great endowment that we always hear, hear about. I don't know how that bleeds over into athletics. I don't. So I'm sure their athletic department's budget needs support as well. So I just hope the schools, Howard alums, FAMU alums, fans, engage, even if it's uh, the, 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 the same dollar amount as the, the, the year in which your school was founded. Donate that money, that amount, that 
1887, or when was Howard founded? Uh, it was 19... 18 something. It was 18 something. I don't remember. All right. Anyway, 18 uh, something in which Howard was founded. Spend that money, send that money into the coffers of your athletic department or your fundraising. So that way it, 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 uh, it, it shows up and, and pays out. I'm also interested to see one other thing. 1867. 1867. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Right. And, and maybe we hit it at the same time that uh, our producer Roy was telling us. But I want to see one other thing, uh, Brian. I want to see the uh, uptick in applications for both of these two fine institutions based on this. Because we know we've all, every time a team goes to the Celebration Bowl, there's always an uptick in student applications for that uh, institution. And obviously, uh, acceptance but in order for these universities to be prepared for this uptick in applications and to accept these students we have got to increase our level of donating which is going back to the point that you were making there brian we have got to support these two institutions and like say i want to see the not only the raw numbers but the percentage of uptick go one step further with that drew how about making it possible for these students to live in dorms and on campus, um, increase, you know, housing. That that's one of those things that, that I was telling you. Yeah, I'm that, talking about that. that so the money you, you can to. increase. Look, the applications are great, but you ain't got nowhere to put. Got a place, if you don't have a place for them, or you can't create more 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 class opportunities. Uh, forget, well, the, what is it? What does it do? Then well, you, you need you need the professors. You need the classrooms. You need the you need you need the other support services, yeah. uh, everything that goes up with increasing the numbers. That's not that's not. Uh, that's take advantage. Not, yeah. Take advantage of these opportunities, and 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 sometimes it can be as simple as giving into. We'll we'll get into later uh, talking about the finances of this bowl and finding out how all of that works. I don't want to get into that today because now, that's, but, but I think there is something. Yes. Online, online classes, classes are is, fine. Is online classes are fine, but you know, the true HBCU experience is on, is on campus. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And one, and one of the things is online does not bring the same type of revenue to the institution that a on that a on campus student brings, but let's let's also keep that in the same perspective. It doesn't cost as much to educate a student online as it does to educate a student on campus. So it has its good and its bad with the online classes. But if we're going to offer online uh, classes, we also need to have the support systems in place for online classes. Right, and that that CARES Act is gone there. So Blue Jacket for Life brings up a great point about the CARES Act that gave uh, FAMU $99 million, um, that that and a lot and, and a portion of that ended up going into athletics. That, that's not there anymore, no. uh, to my and, understanding. And not coming back. Not coming back. So uh, we have to find other ways. We have to create other ways. Okay. Uh, we'll talk. You know what? Next week's show, Christmas wish list, our HBCU Christmas wish list. That's what we're going to. So a lot of and, this stuff you might hear n- next week. And, and we're going to gonna do a year-end show also a wrap up we're gonna talk about some of that we can try 
we get some of it out with the way. some of it some of it we can try yeah okay let's talk coaching news coaching news this past week because we only have a little bit of time left and want to make sure to get into some of this coaching scramble that's going on all right as going into the week last week when you uh did the show and uh great job by the way you uh if i recall in the, in the dark <laughs> uh in, in the rain yeah you uh I, I saw jamie i saw coach ferrasi uh, I, I saw Trevin Jones. Uh, who else joined you? Uh, Keith. Uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah Keith, Keith from Fangs Up Podcast. Yeah, so so shout out to everybody who who uh, who jumped in. So you take, uh, last you take week. five people to replace you, man. Well, that's that's nice. Uh, so Teddy Keaton was the only coach at the t- of all the coaching openings that there were. He was the one that that. First, I don't know the if we want to say domino. the first big domino, but it was a domino. He was a domino in trying to figure out who was going to fill the Clark role. He took, he left Allen University to go to Clark. And then the weekend uh, on Friday of the week before the show, uh, that's when Chenis Berry took the job with South Carolina State. He took it on Friday. That was that was Friday afternoon. But it became show. a okay, okay. Uh, but the press conference was, was not until the following week. But it was announced on Friday afternoon that Chief oh, okay, Perry okay, okay, was uh, going to be the new coach. Right. So a week a week from last Friday. And at the same time, I know uh, South Carolina State announced their new athletic director as well, uh, who's a who's a South Carolina State alum. Uh, so when they did that press conference, I think it was Wednesday. Yeah. You know, they introduced a new AD, introduced Coach Barry. And so South Carolina State, uh, that's a big, big win for them. I mean, yeah. they, they get their man. That's who that's who um, that's who they wanted. That's who they wanted. And that's what they got. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember back in October, I said that there was going to be an one, if not two vacancies in Columbia, South Carolina at the end of this football season. Well, that has come true. Bingo! You got that. You got that. You you hit nah, that one. I on, hit that one on the head. Uh, also announced earlier in this week, Terrence Grave, the only man to win the Bayou Classic for, for two different teams. schools for both for both schools, uh, was was officially officially announced as Southern's head coach. Uh, listen to the press conference. Watch that. I am so curious, and I I, I told Carlos Brown. Uh, and hopefully you got a chance to watch Carlos's show Saturday because I know they got into talking. I think he may have even had Coach Graves on the show yesterday. Um, I, I don't know for sure because uh, I, I know because we we had we to, were on, we were there for Carlos for for a for a segment and then we had to start getting ready. So I didn't get a chance to rewatch to it. watch the last hour of Carlos's show. But um, I'm very interested, and that's an upcoming show. I'm, I'm give y'all a heads up now. I'm we'll probably just I'm gonna just do a podcast. With him, Mo, uh, and uh, who else I said? BJ. Because I want to understand Southern culture. Because there were things that were said in that press conference that I that I was sitting there thinking, didn't y'all just have that with Eric Dooley? I'm like, I'm like, y'all wanted Eric Dooley. The stuff y'all were talking. Where did Eric Dooley go wrong? I, I so look. You got your guy. Uh, they got a good so the power of the fan base is maybe the big story at Southern. I mean, isn't that the same thing that happened to who? Prior to Dooley, who? 
Oh, uh, yeah. Well, okay. That's a great. And that, that's part of the conversation. Yes. If that's what hurt uh, Dawson Odoms, uh, or, or even who was uh, there was actually there was an interim the whole year. Odoms, because Odoms, um, Odoms uh, was originally a interim, if I remember correctly. He was initially interim. Then he became the full time. Um, I can't even remember the coach who was there. What was it? What, what Jason was, something. He was there for a whole year. Now, when was Thump Mitchell? Before he was before Odom. But, I mean, I just, you know, you want to understand the culture of a program like Southern, you know. And and so I think that's what I, I wanted to kind of to, to learn more about. So I think it's just as much a, a, a project for me to try to understand Southern culture and, and just try to understand what they're looking for. But they, they seem to like they, they, graves they they like graves and and the players like graves you know they like the whole hat to the side thing and it's like hey we got our guy so uh, okay congratulations to southern they got a defensive guy cedric pearl former alabama a&m assistant former head coach at central state. central state he is now the head coach at allen university university he'd been an assistant at forgot where the past couple years uh where was he coming from uh, anyway, I don't. It's it. I forgot where Pearl is coming from, but he takes over at Allen University. Very, you know, it's it's been a few years um, where he was previously in the SIC. Yeah, and 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 moving on to the next coach. Here's the question, and this kind of goes to the Southern question: What has Fred done to Alcorn? Where you demand demand one? What three, four? So, so how, wait a minute. How many SWAC East titles did he win before Alcorn switched over? How many SWAC titles did he win before Alcorn switched over to the West? And how much support has he gotten with, in spite of him winning those championships? Now he he didn't get the big one. He didn't get the Celebration Bowl, but he did. He handled his business within the conference and with until they switch sides of the conferences. But well, and, but for some reason, people have not been happy with Fred no. in Mississippi. So Fred McNair is in Mississippi. And now will he, won't he, the, the wind has, is blowing him South. I'm, I'm, I'm saying he's gone so, West, more so West. Okay, southwest. 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 Okay, yeah, southwest. So here's the thing with Fred probably going to Texas Southern. Texas Southern. Yep. Who now is the senior? And with Buddy Pugh retiring, because we, I, I think we've seen the end of a generation of the longtime. How coaches. long was How long was Fred McNair at Alcorn? Eight, eight, nine, nine seasons, including the I COVID was, year. I believe he was fourteen or sixteen when he took over. I want to say it was fourteen. I, I, I think it was fourteen. I, I, I've got it right here because I had it pulled up uh, uh, earlier. Let's see, Alcorn. 16. Fred took over in 16. Okay, so let's see. Fred is the longest. Fred is eight seasons. Eight seasons. Fred is the longest tenure coach in the in the SWAC. Right. So he came in and won, and he's won championships. How many SWAC titles does he have under his belt as the head coach? He won. He won the three, four in a row. Yeah. 
Something like that. Well, they won the. Let me see. They won the West six seasons in a row. Right. And but he, I think two of those, the first two Grambling years. Won, Grambling won the SWAC the first two years. Then Alcon won the next four, if I remember it correctly. Okay. Something of that nature. But because um, Grambling was in the first two celebration bowls, then Alcon went for uh, the stretch up until the pandemic. There had only been two representatives from the SWAC, if I remember correctly, in the Celebration Bowl prior to the pandemic. Grambling, Grambling, and Alcorn were the only two representatives from the SWAC in the Celebration Bowl. You might be right. I, I mean, prior pull to up, the pull pandemic, up, pull up the. I don't know. There's got to be a quick history thing you can pull up. But but let me. Fred McNair going to Texas Southern is is huge from a couple of points here. I think potentially. What that does in Houston, it's it's continually to taking a step forward for Texas Southern. And if he takes that job, which by all accounts, it sounds like the money is going to be what he wants it. Uh, I, don't, I don't think he – I don't think – an Alcorn may have come back later and being able to find the money that he wants. I know there was a big gap between what Fred wanted and what Alcorn was going to pay. I've also heard that there are there are donors who who may want uh, a change. What's the numbers there? Alcorn had went to three. Grambling went to two. Alcorn went to one. Alcorn went to one. So four and five. Grambling went to uh, so CB two and three. Bowl, first celebration bowl was Alcorn, correct? Right. Grambling that was Fred to, McNair as the head coach. Grambling went to no. That would not have been that McNair. Was Jay Hobson as the head yes. coach. Okay, yeah. so then he took over for two, the next year. Yeah, and then he went to Grambling two. came in and won, won two in a row. Won two no, swag championships in a row. Won two swag championships in a row. Right. Then right. Alcorn won the next and two swag championships. Finally came in and won two two uh, swag championships. So, um, but I think they Alcorn was in the championship game against Grambling, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, Alcorn we okay. was in so championship part, game so those years. Yeah. Yeah. So so now it. You want to use this longest tenure that one school thing. So now that leaves Willie Simmons. I think you said who? And, Willie Simmons and Connell Maynard. Connell Maynard at in, one in, institution in the swag. In the swag, but in general at HBCU. And, and, and I think they the HBCU leaders. I think if we go through the HBCU, Trey Oliver would be the clubhouse leader with uh, Buddy Pugh retiring in the in the BAC. Trey's only been there four years though, and he's the clubhouse leader. Trey Oliver is the only. Head coach currently in the MEAC who had their job before the pandemic. Wow. So that's 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 amazing. But just think of that. That tells you the turnover. That tells you, I think, if anything, that shows you the impatience of fan bases. I think it also shows you the challenge that athletic directors are having to deal with. Um, presidents as well. Yeah. Because, you know, you nobody's waiting for... Nobody's waiting for the meal to fully cook. Nobody they, wants they want to put cake. it in the microwave. Nobody they don't not go put it in the oven. Rise. You want, yeah, you want to put it in the microwave. You want to, you want to just go and get it store bought. Um, you think that's going, that's going to do it? No, it's not going to do it. Um, you know, that's the, that's the challenge. Right. That's the challenge uh, for for all these schools. Just quickly, just so since we're uh, talking about them in the CIAA. Richard Hayes at Fayetteville State and Adrian Jones at Shaw 2016. 
lead same as Fred lead the clubhouse in uh in the CIAA and nobody in SIAC had their job prior to the pandemic. I just go ahead and tell you that. All right, so as of uh, me waking up this morning, um, the open jobs you had Grambling. We'll talk about that as it appears they may have found their man. Uh, Alcorn is, quote unquote, not officially open, but we think it's open. Going to open. It's open. Benedict is open. Morehouse is open. Lincoln, Missouri is open. Uh, Speaking of grambling, HBCU Sports reporting. I'm here reading an article from Ken Rashad. Ken says that Ken says that Mickey Joseph is going to be named the new head coach at Grambling. Uh, Joseph is a former Nebraska interim head coach and a seasoned coach with extensive college football experience um, that he will be announced that appears to be Monday. Is that when the official announcement will come at 10 a.m.? Joseph, who served as Nebraska's interim head coach in 2022, led the Huskers to a 3-6 and record during his time. Ooh, and then there's some other stuff in here about uh, some mm, interesting. I'm just reading right from the article here. Uh, He was arrested and charged with one felony count of assault by strangulation last December relating to an alleged domestic violence incident with his wife and was placed on administrative leave by Nebraska. Those charges were later dropped before his time at Nebraska. Joseph had significant contributions to LSU's football program where he was part of the 2019 National Championship staff. Uh, His coaching span of three decades includes stints at Grambling, Alcorn, and Langston University. He was a, as a player, he was a standout quarterback at Nebraska. Uh, He was a part of a team that won two Big 8 titles and appeared in multiple bowl games. So um, that is the, uh, yep. That is the uh, expected hire. And this, again, is coming from HBCUsports.com, reported on by Ken uh, Rashad. So, and, and then so it, it we'll, we'll wait to see what happens. We'll wait to see yeah. what those other jobs are. Anything you want to add more about the coaching search here before you shift over to basketball here in these final moments of the show? I just want to throw out uh, NAIA clubhouse leader for coaching tenure among HBCU coaches. Quentin Morgan at Langston, 2016. So 2016 looks to be the hot year for our co- for our coaching search right now, which means nobody will be, have been on their job for a decade when once Fred uh, makes that move. Well, even with Fred making that move, he's we still with the retirement of Buddy Pugh. There's nobody who's been at their job for over a decade now. It, it really, again, I think it really says something that nobody. You said nobody over a decade right now. Nobody over a decade with Buddy Pugh retiring, and and then if you look at over five years, the list is maybe a handful of people. Uh, you, basically, you got you got two lists. You got pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, wow. and the pre-pandemic is probably about a three to one. Uh, maybe even a four to one ratio than the pre-pandemic coaches. Wow! And is- and what happened? To, what also happened around the same time as the pandemic? That's when you also had the portal and NIL come in, and I think those may be the reasons why some of the old school coaches who did not want to deal with it got out of the business, 
And that's why you have some of these younger people who not only understand that, but but social media and recruiting in this day and age, because you, I mean, when you see coaches, lifers like a, like a uh, like Coach Freeman who was at Morehouse, Coach Slater who was at uh, who was at Tuskegee on the Division Two level, uh, you see a guy like a Buddy Pugh. Uh, Give, give it up you know you you see some of these coaches who've been with their programs forever and help build their programs giving it up maybe because either they didn't understand the new technology and the new way to recruiting or did not want to deal with it and had enough put away and went to the farm and decided to go ahead and uh grow their own crops as i like to say <laughs> all right okay so let's transition here a second over to basketball um while we before we get ready to end this show uh, first off, I'm going to give a shout-out to uh, Coach Lavelle Moten, uh, who on Friday became North Carolina Central University's uh, winningest uh, head basketball coach. Um, uh, on Friday, Central got a 102-50 to victory over St. Andrews for Coach Moten's 252nd win to push him past Floyd Brown. Uh, for the most wins in program history. Um, Brown won 250 games from 1952 to 1970. Um, I'm reading here this article here from uh, Chris Stevens over at HBCUsports.com. Um, Moten, of course, has been the head coach of his alma mater since the 29th, or excuse me, 2009-2010 season. And if we get him in basketball, we don't get him in football. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, sidebar. Hurry up. We gotta get we gotta get out of here. We got three minutes to get <laughs> we got three minutes to sign off. All right. So um I'm just kind of looking here. Uh Moten, of course, was a, a star for the Eagles under then coach Greg Jackson from 92 to 1996, scoring 1,714 points in four years and earning all CIAA first-team honors in 95 and 96. And so congratulations to Coach Moten um, on making history. Okay, some some news and notes. Let's let's go. Let's talk. I just want to – let me see. I'm going to go through just a roll call of things here. Uh, Division two men's. Let's talk men's first. Okay, men's basketball. Uh, did you know, you guys out there may not have known, Benedict College, Benedict is undefeated right now, 10-0, 5-0 in SIEC, currently ranked 12th in the nation in Division II, according to the NA, NABC coaches poll, ranked 16th. Ranked 16th in the media. Uh, uh, so, Benedict college undefeated team uh their next game is not until january 4th i think they just played a game the other day I think they played miles on yesterday they played miles yesterday to pick up their 10th win of course you will be able to see all of benedict's action upcoming in their next home game uh oh defeated yeah miles 767 okay, i was like what are you showing me i see an l there i was like what is that um Benedict, of course, part of the Black College Sports Network broadcast group. And Miles. We're talking Benedict College here. Um, <laughs> Benedict, <laughs> you can, you'll be able to watch all of Benedict's games. We got games, one minute. Their home games here. I'm not going to get finished in a minute, so I'm just telling you that now. 
um because you you filibustered in by talking about some some other stuff uh but anyway so shout out to benedict college you'll get a chance to see them upcoming here also from the CIAA, how about Winston Salem currently with the best record in the CIAA men's, currently nine and three, uh, three and zero oh in conference play. That's right, conference play is happening right now in the CIAA On Division Two level in the SIC Division Two level. It's also happening at the NAIA level where Langston University, our good friend, Coach Chris Wright, friend of the program. The Langston Light, he's off to another unbeaten start, Coach uh, Drew. Uh, he's 10-0 so far, 5-0 in conference play. Langston, I believe, started ranked fourth in the nation, uh, the NAIA preseason. Picked up the two. The, yeah, the latest poll that came out uh, last earlier this week, uh, uh, December 13th, they're up to number two. Yeah, And their the polls nation. only come out every two weeks. Yeah, uh, the polls come out every two weeks. So they are still unbeaten. Their next game is December 19th. That is Tuesday, Tuesday versus LSU Shreveport in Fort Worth, Texas at 2 o'clock. I think that might be some kind of shootout thing that's happening. Um, it's not It's not a conference game. Yeah, because that's against uh, that's a Red River Conference uh, team, LSU Shreveport in okay. the Red River. Okay, so it might which be one is, of those crossover. What, yeah, which is where Xavier and all those uh, Texas uh, HBCUs are at. Okay. Uh, speaking of that NAIA poll, Xavier also, uh, Xavier University found himself in that poll. They're ranked 21st. And Florida Memorial found themselves ranked 22nd. Uh, Xavier at that time had a record of 6-1. and one. Florida Memorial at that time when that poll came out had a record of 9-1. and one. On the women's side for uh, – on the women's side at the D2 or NAIA level, just a shout-out to uh, – uh, Fayetteville State, big game happened yesterday between Fayetteville State and Virginia State. Uh, Fayetteville State came in with just one loss, uh, seven and one. Virginia State was nine and oh going into that game. Notice I just gave it away. Was, yes. was they lost Fayetteville State, defeated uh, Virginia State 78 to 69 yesterday. So they gave Virginia State their first loss of the season after a nine game uh, winning streak to open. Fayetteville State now has an eight and one record. Also, take note of Virginia Union. Their women are nine and two right now, three and zero. Oh. So the CIAA women is going to be fun to watch at that level. Over in the C, uh, over in the SIC, take note of Kentucky State. Their women right now are eight and one, five and zero oh in conference play. Miles women six and one, four and zero oh in conference play, and you'll be able to see Miles women right on the Black College Sports Network as Miles is a partner school and will be uh, broadcasting a lot of their games. Uh, Got to make a mention on the NAIA level about uh, Maya Buchanan of Fisk University, who was the NAIA Women's Basketball Player of the Week this past week. The power forward recorded a double 20. Yeah, yeah, twenty twenty game. A, a twenty twenty game. And, and, we were and, and then and she had a double-double, if I also remember that – in her other game of the week. Right. She had uh, 26 points and 23, re uh, 23 rebounds against Wiley College. Then she had a double-double scoring 25 points a and traditional 10 rebounds double -double. <laughs> in all three uh, contests. Uh, she posted a 57.1 field goal percentage on the week, added six blocks to her stat line along with one steal. Uh, so congratulations to 
to them. Um, last night was the Chris Paul HBCU Classic in Vegas. North Carolina A&T gets their first win of the season against Texas Southern, 85-79. to 79. A bit of a down year for the Aggies. Um, uh, I don't know what Texas Southern's record. Oh, yeah, Texas Southern having a bit of a down year as well. Well, who knows? I it's mean, not conference season. Though. I was going to say. Texas Southern, I, I Texas Southern Prairie View, I had to come conference, one of them were always going to be there. Right, so this was a game where Remember, somebody was going to get their first win. Remember, they came from eight last year to win the doggone tournament. Somebody was going to get their first win. It turned out it was North Carolina A&T. Uh, what was the other game that was? That was Jackson, Jackson State, State and and Howard. They, that game uh, watched me uh, when I got back to the hotel. <sighs> Who ended up winning that ball game? I said the game watched me when I got back to the hotel last night because it, it, it didn't start until midnight Eastern. I think I saw Jackson State. Oh, no, our girl Liv, my, our girl uh, Liv Antilla, uh, she, uh, I think she tweeted out Jackson State won that contest, if I'm not mistaken yeah i did happen to happen to catch her and uh and, tweet about that and i know dr cavill is uh on live on location in las vegas uh today as he went, went from atlanta to las vegas to cover the the chris paul classic one thing in the men's basketball rankings uh taking note of one thing here drew in the swack the conference rpi for the swack got as high as 24 it's now down to 25 uh so you know we need to we need to see some teams kind of stack up some wins here um if i can find the miac here uh so at 25 that puts us probably on the 15 line right now yeah the miac comes in at 30 so that's probably that's first four yeah that's first four competition right there uh even though the miac really has one more conference games but i think the nature of the wins from the swag teams has been considerably better swag has been a, a, a few uh power fives and group uh don uh, i guess we call them group of fives or what do we call them in basketball i always go with power six, six. yeah power six and uh bid majors they've they've beaten other bid majors over on the women's side, the SWAC conference rating for the women is at 12. It was as high as 11 last week. Wow. So, tw- yeah, 12. That's, what, what, what would you say? That's about an 11 seed, wouldn't you say? We're divided by four. That would be, a th- that would be if you just went by conference, that would be yeah, – that's three right well, there. But so, the but probably ten, The first 10 spots are usually – first 10 rankings – 10 times 4, that's 40 teams. The first 40 teams are all your power and RPI, your power well, teams, you, right? Right. Well, I was saying conference rate, that's probably going to get you, I don't know, you're probably right. You're probably in a, a, probably about a five line right there with that. Uh, in terms of net rating, now the net is what's going to push somebody forward. Jackson State has a net ranking of 120. Arkansas Pine Bluff, 157. Uh, The best record currently standing is Bethune-Cookman. Now, I'm going to say this, and people are going to be like, that's not their record against Division I opponents. Bethune-Cookman's record is 4-3, which is the best in the conference. Alabama A&M with a 3-4 record. Uh, But you've got got, – 
only one, two, only three schools within the SWAC are winless in terms of playing other Division One opponents. So, I mean, that's pretty, pretty impressive. In comparison, the MIAC has a 28 conference RPI. Uh, again, may have won more games, but when you go to quality opponents, uh, and in here, let me underscore this. How about Norfolk State? Norfolk State has a record against Division One opponents, and we're talking women, seven and four, but their net rank is 173. Again, what did I tell you? Lower, Jackson State's rank they're, is? They're playing those quad four games. Yeah. Um, Norfolk State 0-2 against quad one opponents. Uh, they are, you know, and Maryland Eastern Shore is five and five against Division One opponents. They have a net ranking of one ninety eight. Looks like no one has a quad one victory in the yeah. No, did anybody have? I let me see. I didn't even look at that in terms of the SWAT women. Are oh, there some quad one wins? I'm just, I'm just looking to see. Uh, quad one wins. No, they're they're none either for the SWAT. But I'm sure there's probably a couple of quad twos. Right. Might even be some quad threes. So. What we'll do down the road here next week or the week after, we'll really open up the, you know, the, 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 the box and give you guys some more perspective on what those of you who aren't familiar with the net and how the rankings and seating, because I think it's real important to, once we finish the non-conference schedule here in these next week or two, uh, in the SWAC and MEAC and and even over in the OVC uh, where Tennessee State is, we can really kind of talk about projections for these schools. Yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, all right. Just a little bit over time. Just a little bit over two hours. Not too bad. Yeah. Let's get ready to get out of here. Pick up the show and get out of here. All right. Thank you. Bless you. <laughs> Thank you to everybody and get me sick. Uh, anyway, thank you to everybody who who, who, who hopped in and got, joined us. I got us. my shots. You did? I did too. My flu <laughs> shots, by the way. Uh, thank you to everybody who jumped in and watched us again. Uh, on behalf of all of our shows and our our host and our correspondents and our our camera people, everyone who was a part of the Black College Sports team, uh, I'm thankful for all of them, and I'm thankful for all of you for watching our content over these past four days, something like that, since Wednesday. Hey, hey, hey Brian, uh, maybe about Tuesday and Wednesday, we'll actually release our numbers and see if what our numbers look like. You know, we'll wait till they register in to see what our numbers look like. I'm, and I'm I, not into all that, but okay. You, 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 you think we're going to get a million? <laughs> <laughs> We just throw some numbers out there and let y'all respond to them. I mean, hell, let's throw a graph. Put a hey boss, hey boss. Let's put a graphic together and throw some numbers out there. I mean, hell, why not? I mean, everybody else seems to do it, and it kind of gets clicks and and gets people excited and lathered up. So hell, why not? We not why not we do the same damn thing? No, nah, but for real though, we appreciate all of you. Go support. Uh, take a look at the. Uh, I don't know. Did the boss ever run the uh, banner with the with the ad promotion stuff in there? Okay, he did. So if you can, make a donation. Uh, you can also make a donation, a super chat right now, right here, right now. Go ahead. Hit that super chat button if you're watching us on YouTube. Uh, or you can uh, make a donation to our uh, Square account or uh, to our Cash App account. Every cup of coffee helps us keep this thing going. Helps will, And it will help keep the lights on in our new uh, studio. So that part we And these lights all show hot. 
The boss said, look for amazing new things, quote, unquote. Uh, I'll be I, I'll be glad when we get that when we get the AC running good up in here. I know it's the middle of winter, but I'm with these dudes, it's not it, it, it's not it's not that bad. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm, but you're not you're not in front of these hot lights either. All right, well, I mean, I'm not that hot. Look, if I'm not sweating, I must just be cool today. I don't know. I'm rattler cool. That's that's all I'm doing. Hey, shout out to uh uh all the people in the studio. What for up, watching. Kelvin? Make sure to uh, uh, good. I hope, hopefully, Kelvin, you're not you're tweeting not from driving on the road. Hopefully, you made it home safely. Um, it was a pleasure to see all of my ONG brothers uh, in Atlanta this weekend. Uh, I'm gonna say one more big time shout out to Coach Simmons, the entire coaching staff, those players, uh, the support staff, uh, VP Sykes. Uh, love y'all. Congratulations. Oh, one, one, one more. One. Your final final word. What up, boy? We did it for you. Long live Kofi Hemingway, ladies and gentlemen. Well said. God bless you. Thanks for watching. Fangs up. A-Town down. We out. Drop a like. But, you know,